Spreading faster than a case of the clap in a trailer court. Able to shatter eardrums within a 666 mile radius. A podcast more brutal than all the rest. It's Murder Metal Well, fuck yeah. It's a hot fucking July day. We're yes, doing it some is. Goddamn. murder metal mayhem. What's up, Chris? Uh, sitting here going to talk about the crazy motherfucker from Russia. That's for sure. That's for sure. And we got uh, my son Joe here, another Joe or Joey in the studio with us for the discussion. And we bought a little, what do we got over there, Joe? It's a kangaroo with the baby, which is literally called the Joey. So there's always a Joey here. <laughs> always so a there'll Joey always here. be a Joey in here with us. Isn't that nice? So it's it's heart it's heartwarming. Yeah. So Cashman Cashman will probably have a tear. Hell when yeah, he sees dude. That. Probably. And so yeah. So no, I thought that would be funny. So aren't his tear ducts dried out from all the chick flicks he watches? Anyway? <laughs> probably. Now last week I thought was a fun episode, Chris, with our feature on old Bobby Bob Joe, Joe Long. Hell yeah, dude. He's a, a fucking nut. Fucking Especially Jesus being related Christ. to Henry Lee, too. Oh, dude. A distant cousin to Henry Lee Lucas. That wow. one was fucked up. Yeah. Now, the whole thing with this motherfucking dudes in the bed where he slept, I mean, goddamn. Uh, I kind of feel like Homeboy Tonight <laughs> kind of had the same issue going on. <laughs> like, for real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just fucked up. Um, and then him growing breasts in puberty, which is fucked. It couldn't have been fun. No. And then a few head injuries in for good measure. And the outcome was just a crazed, raping fucking serial murderer. So Fuck. Pretty fucked up. And we're at about almost 800 or just over 800 listens on that one so far. So thanks for checking that out. And if you missed it, go listen to episode 62. CK also doing some Twisted Sister. Yeah. Yeah. A little mayhem, some karaoke, the usual stuff. So gotta love it now this week like you said chris we got one hell of a fucking episode uh yeah it's a little fucking nutty yeah <laughs> and joe your schedule at work works better for you in the summer to come in here and do this so we kind of rearranged some things and got you in here because right. you've been dying to talk about some chikatilo i'm pretty excited to do this one with you hell yeah, yeah man andre fucking... chikatilo the little uh, butcher of rostov to bring in episode 63 with some seriously nasty violence, disturbing details yeah, to send uh, the fucking chill up your spine, man. He did some pretty fucked up shit to people. A yeah. lot of people. Yeah, and there's the thing is, there's so much on Chikatilo that if you look at stuff, it's like you keep reading something you didn't read before or watch before. Right. It's right. like, whoa, I didn't know about that. Listening to the podcast, I i've heard you know a couple of them multiple times and each time it's you know i picked up something new yeah from it i, I mean there's a lot out. out there so he's one of the worst uh so we'll be going to the ukraine and russia for this one we got a couple of clips from our recent interview with the true crime expert and author dr peter vronsky um and that pertains specifically to chikatilo which and, is yeah, really like cool interaction and shit 
Yeah, and very fucked up stories uh, that he told us uh, about that. So that should be good. So, Joe, you ready for a little Chikatilo or what? Let's do it. Hell yeah. All right. Now, CK is ready to deal another dose of some metal, this time talking about some iced earth. And, Joe, since you were coming in here, I know you've been digging on some iced earth lately. So I, I've been on a rant because of Steve at work. He's He's got me into... Played a couple of their CDs, and I've just been glued to them again. That's cool. Amen. And they've been around so long and so many lineup changes, so that should be challenging. But CK, of course, can handle that shit. Um, and then he's getting a little cocky, dude, with that intro that music. He's like, yeah, motherfuckers. Because we don't have our own intro music. I mean, <laughs> nope. the show, the show intro has music. intro, but I mean, I, Goddamn. we Must don't. Must be nice. Must so be CK, nice. So yeah, CK, yeah, CK's a little cocky over there on Wildman Street. With his intro, so that's uh, that's going to be fun. We'll hear that again. Also got a new killer cage match. This one's going to be interesting, though, dude. Yeah, fucking fourteen-year-old freaking Jesse Palmer. Yeah, the boy fiend. And then fucking goddamn D Cor- Dean Coral, homeboy that liked to give away candy and kill kids. That's right, kill boys in particular. And funny too that we had done both of those killers before in podcast, right. but we forgot about. Pomeroy, Pomeroy. you had to look it up. Fucking do this episode fifteen, Jesse Pomeroy. Everything fucking everything I I know everything about it. Right, I'm like, did we actually cover him? I know. Reading, I know. That's the thing. And at sixty three episodes, they're starting to blur a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, episode fifteen, Jesse Pomeroy. Check him out. Yeah. So Jesse Pomeroy and the Candyman Dean Coral going at it. Uh, Thanks to listeners Jody Mm -hmm. Wharton and Paulie Brazen. Thank you guys. Yeah, we've got. Two funny objects they'll be fighting with in the cage. And we're going to let Joe pick the number for the variable. So you're going to get to pick the number when we get to the Mayhem segment later. So that should be fun. I changed up all the variables pretty much. So there's some good ones. You gave me the list the other day. Some of them were pretty fucking good. (laughs) Yeah, some good ones on there. So that should be fun. All right, so we've been killing it with the interviews lately, man. We did another good one, Chris. Got another one, fucking Ben Scrivens from Frat, the president of Frat Rags Clothing. Yeah, and uh, Pete's bought a couple shirts from him. They're fucking badass. And yeah. the interview was great. Thirty-two minutes, man. Yeah, it was fucking awesome. Ben was so cool. We had a, a good time on Sunday doing that, and we're gonna play a little clip from that uh, tonight on the on the podcast. So you get to hear that. Uh, like you said, I bought an Omen shirt and an Amityville Horror shirt. He's got so many of them on his website, so you definitely got to go check it out, uh, fright-rags.com. Uh, and it's amazing. Of course, they're everywhere on social media. You could find them easy enough. But uh, we'll play a piece of that, and we'll play the full interview as bonus content at some point. At some point, you'll get it all. Uh, thanks to sponsor PsychoKillerBobbleheads.com. Get yourself one of their awesome bobbleheads or score a t-shirt. You tell them Murder Metal Mayhem sent you to get that shit out right away. We got a few out on the table tonight. Joe, any uh, any ones that uh, strike your fancy got over there? Pogo here, Dahmer, Dennis Rader, man. I got fucking Son of Sam over here trying to be a badass with his finger as a pistol. I think Dorothea's looking pretty badass. <laughs> <laughs> looking like a beast over there. And Dorothea is going to be an upcoming podcast. We got Fuckin one a. cooking on her, so that should be good. Got plans the for that. Murdering one a Granny. Bit. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
Um, also, thanks to Last Minute Sponsor, Chris. We keep getting these last minute ones. Always Who's this last week? minute. They just drop in. But this week we got uh, Mad Gaster Flattened. Flatulence Academy. Yes, and, that's a uh, tongue twister. It, it's, it is a tongue twister. I don't speak well. <laughs> I haven't had enough beer yet. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so we appreciate the support of the Mad Gasser Flatulence Academy. That one came in a few minutes before the show. We have not had a chance to listen to it, so we cannot be held responsible, Chris, nope. of what the Mad Gasser Flatulence Academy says. But... They gave us a couple bucks, so we'll throw it on. They're like, here you go. Fucking play this. I'm like, okay, (laughs) sounds good to me. Now, we've also been crushing it in the listens, man. Thanks to everybody listening to the show. Um, We're over 98,000 listens total, which is crazy. Closing in on uh, 100,000. Yeah, 100,000 would be fucking awesome. Last 30 days, we're right at about 9,000 listens. Uh, Carla Faye Tucker's episode, episode 60. Enters it top 10 at number 10. She beat out Shawcross. And so she's now in the top 10. So that was a good one. Yeah. I uh, listened to some chick talk about uh, getting an orgasm from uh, putting a pickaxe in somebody's head. So you got to love that. I mean, <laughs> I guess tonight's kind of the same thing. Very much so, <laughs> yes. And you know what's funny, too? They might also be listening, clamoring to listen to that episode because they get to hear me do Jesus Take the Wheel and then Cashman do <laughs> Jesus Take the, the Wheel, wheel. Yeah, dude, that's which was funny. <laughs> so we uh, Looks like we got one hell of a brutal one tonight, boys. Yes, uh, huh? Rostov is calling. We got one crazy motherfucker hunting for humans to consume. So Fuck yeah, let's fucking get our goddamn murder on. <laughs> Fucking brutal, dude. So bad. Where did you find? How did you stumble on the band? Look it up. Chikatilo is the name of the band. uh, Yeah, Chikatilo, name of the band. The song's freaking mistake of nature. And yeah, yeah, I came across all the songs had to do with him too. Yeah, dude, like the whole album. uh, What was Lost was the name of the album, dude. Yeah, that fucking album shreds. I'm glad I came across it. Fucking ridiculous, man. Fucking never. Wow, those guys are. We gotta play this shit, bro. Oh yeah, totally. Couldn't have been any more fitting. Rids. Yeah, I thought exactly. We gotta play it coming into the murder segment. Talking some Andre Chikatilo, uh, well-known among those of us who follow the true crime and sordid world of serial murder, uh, with a confirmed body count of 52 from 1978 to 1990, so 12 reigns. 12 fucking years of just going around doing the vile shit. Yeah, just fucking brutal. Uh, Very prolific. Uh, for the modern era, he's definitely up there among the most, uh, you know, murdered. Uh, he confessed to 56, but was only convicted of 52. Do you think he started in 78 because that's the year I was born? It's very possible. <laughs> very like, possible. like, fuck, that Shawback dude's around now. <laughs> I got to start getting badass. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, Joe, I know you've been fascinated by Chikatilo, uh, so it's cool that we could do this episode uh, with you, so that's that's cool. You wanted to sit in on this shit. Yeah, I've been excited to do this one. Yeah, it's fucking cool. Now he was born in 1936 in in the Ukraine to absolutely horrific fucking poverty. I mean, in the middle of a fucking 
war, fucking famine. I mean, just absolutely fucking the, brutal. The communist government there, which is weird that he loved it. Yeah, that is odd. Uh, they had Joseph Stalin, which is among the worst of the worst when it comes to communist leaders, uh, you know, created a horrible famine due to his ineffective policy on collective agriculture, which is a fucking mess. Um, you know, it's that typical mantra of the communist uh, from each according to his ability to each according to his need. And it doesn't work. Uh, it doesn't incentivize people to work. People just don't give a fuck because they're going to get it anyway. Um, and so what happens is like this. They basically Mass force them to work and don't pay them pretty much. Yeah. I mean, his parents were forced to work. Uh, as collective farmers, they raise their family in a one-room shack. They don't get paid to farm, but were only allowed to farm for themselves on a little fucking piece of ground behind the shack that the you know the right th that they had the right to live in, according to them. The so right the to fuck? live in. Let, I yeah, mean, like... yeah, I mean that's just you know they've tried it. It sounds good on paper to some, but uh, communism just does not it does work. Does not work. No, it's awful. Now, Chikatilo claimed that he never had eaten bread until the age of 12. That's How fucked. fucking shitty would that be? No bread? Right. I guess you're on a fuck. You start your life on, on the fucking keto diet. You're fucking good to go, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> now, he had, was born with some issues, right, yeah, Chris? Yeah, he had, uh, like, water on the brain. What'd you, what's it called, Joey? He had the lesions on his head and water on the brain and shit. Uh, hydrocephalus? Hydro yeah, there you wow. go. Yeah, you know, nice. you had said it earlier. I couldn't Damn. remember, fuck. Hydro, yeah. that's a multi-syllable word. I'm fucking impressed. I'm going to put it in my notes. I couldn't even spell it. So I said, screw it. <laughs> I'm impressed. Now, um, you know, so he's born into a bad situation with some birth defects already. Um, he claimed, like I said, never had bread until age 12. If him and his sister and shit had to eat like grass and leaves yeah, to survive, he said. I mean, that's shit. awful. Um, you his father's that? at war. Yeah. So that dad's not home. As he's prisoner of war. Right. Because they captured, captured him right, right away. Which is bad for him. Oh, yeah. Uh, by the Germans who were fucking brutal. Um, Chikatilo had to share a bed with his mother. So here we go again. Yeah. With Mommy fucking, you know. Sharing the bed. Yeah, I mean, Jesus. Now, I don't know of the his mother being like the other ones. Like fucking Bobby Joe's mom. According to what I read, they believe he watched her be raped by, by these German soldiers. By Germans, but, how, but we don't know. Yeah, I mean, they're he saying was that's a kid. how she got pregnant with his sister and shit. Right, because the, the father had been gone for years, right. and so there's no way it could have been his. And there was that damn story that she told him about his older brother all the time. Oh, dude. my God, dude. <laughs> like, fucking wow. Hell. Oh, yeah, by the way, your older brother isn't here <laughs> because... Uh, our neighbors decided to kidnap him, kill him, and eat him. Right. Just so you know. So don't go out at <laughs> don't night. Don't <laughs> go hanging with the neighbor's kids. <laughs> so imagine the impression that would have on you as a kid. You know, your right. fucking mom is telling you your older brother was captured and cannibalized. You so stay close to the porch. Exactly. You, know? <laughs> you could have just left me no, not even knowing I had an older brother. Yeah, ever. I mean, it would have been fine. On, <laughs> would have been fine. So... Um, yeah, and he would later claim that his mom told him this. He accepted it as fact. And, you know, she always told him, you know, be careful and all this stuff and not staying out late. Now, that's obviously got to fuck with you. I mean, there's oh, no way. man. There's no way. Well, who wouldn't that fuck with? Really? Well, yeah. Like, well, I used anybody. to work with somebody whose father went outside. Talk about something that would really fuck with you. 
her father went outside uh, and hunted rabbit and came into the house with a dead rabbit and told her he killed the Easter Bunny. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? Just killed the Easter Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she's like traumatized and shit. So they're just like, so, yeah, that's, people are fucked up to do that to kids, man. That's just like crazy. Growing up and shit, like parents and shit like we lived in the country so those times we hit a fucking deer well sure and mom be like yep just killed bambi <laughs> like, oh <laughs> that reminds me of tommy boy i just lost uh, my father we just killed bambi right. <laughs> <laughs> now um like many serial killers uh, chikatilo was a chronic bedwetter um now this is part of that mcdonald triad we've talked about before right. Uh, bedwetting at a late age, setting fires, and cruelty to animals. So he's checking the boxes here. That's uh, always seems to be the pattern. Yeah. Well, not always, but yeah. I mean, it, a large it, percentage of the time seems to be the damn pattern. Oh yeah, the cruelty to animals and setting fires too. But not that I know of with him. But in general, I saw his favorite animal. Did you know what his favorite animal was, Chris? Chikatilos? It's very touching. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Anybody want to venture a guess? I did not see this. Let me guess. Uh, fuck, a snake. Okay, a snake. <laughs> a chicken. John? A chicken. Jenny, anyone want to venture a guess? <laughs> a dog. You're close. A cat. A cat. His <laughs> favorite animal was a cat. So, Or cats in general. Um, in 1944, he begins schooling and is subject to bullying from the other kids. Uh, this is another common thing we've seen again with the fucking check in the boxes. Right. Bullying, man. Kids are absolutely horrible. They used to call to him each Baba other. because he had, he was, you know, chubbier, had boobs. Like, right. Kind of like Bobby Joe Long, and they call him Baba, which is like derogatory for a female or some shit exactly, like that. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and then also when he would later becomes a teacher, they called him the goose, which is like a like a jerk. In, right. in our language, it's more of a jerk than what we think of as a goose. Um, and we've heard this so many times, Joe. I mean, with these serial killers being bullied, you know, Green River Killer, Gacy. I mean, on and on. I mean, almost every one of them uh, was bullied as a kid. So that's just you know. I mean, I know. That they they've done a lot of the anti-bullying stuff that you see out there, and I mean, I, I you got to be behind that. I mean, nobody I get should the be doing that shit. shit. But if somebody's fucking with you, fucking with them back. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, unfortunately, it's a cruel world, and you have to be able to fucking, you know, stand up for yourself. It's just so shitty. Uh, now, as he, he was enters, smart as fuck though. Apparently, oh yeah, he was smart. As he enters adolescence, he begins to struggle again with his peers, especially with girls. Uh, but he was a good student and, a, like you said, Chris, a hardcore fucking communist. Like, he loved, till the day he died, he was behind oh, it. Oh, yeah. Was like, well, he was fucked by it, and then he stood behind it. Like, yeah, it's very strange, sense. but that collective, you know, thought, it's just like religion. Right. You know, people do some crazy shit. I mean, look at fucking Jim Jones and, you know, 900-plus people standing just, in line to drink fucking poison. Yeah, it's fucked flavor-aid. up. So it's it's no different than yes. The, I'm glad that you clarify its flavor aid. Um, <laughs> also, when he was in school, he uh, he ne- he didn't want to be made fun of for his nearsightedness. Oh yeah. So he never told the teachers. So yeah, he, he never had glasses until he was like 30 years old yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So he didn't want to be made fun of for it. So right. they So sh- he never told the teacher. So he never could sit close enough to see what the board was saying. Right. So he, yeah, I did. I did see that in one of the documentaries. Uh, and that's, you know, 
It's fucked that up. That story about his nearsightedness too, when he walks, thinks he's in the woods and shit. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that shit? Yeah, I did. In the book, it says, exactly. uh, the Red Ripper book, it says, uh, one of the quotes, it says, uh, Andre jerks off in the woods or something like that. Right, yeah. And it, says, it actually says it in there, and it's really, he I was laughing. walks away on his work break, thinks he's in the woods, because right. he can't see, right. but mm-hmm. all his coworkers still see him. He just starts <laughs> he thought he was far smacking enough away. it, dude, going to town, and they're watching smacking. him like, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? <laughs> That's all he could do, though, really, was smack it. <laughs> so so he's, uh, he's a hardcore communist. Um, editor of the school newspaper, and they always uh, recruited me for the school paper. It was kind of funny in high school, but they like wanted me to write like the JV basketball scores and shit like that. And I'm like, no, I want to write like horror stories. They're like, uh, no, no, not in the school paper. But, uh, so yeah, I never lasted for long. I, I think I tried it a couple different times, and I just couldn't do it. Wussies, yeah, right. Um, Chikatilo realized in his early teens that he suffered from chronic impotence, which definitely doesn't help his self-image and the social awkwardness that he had. So when your dick don't work, especially back then in Russia, how you supposed to be like a man or whatever the fuck a man's man. Yeah. So it, it made it worse. And while he had a crush on a girl he worked on the school paper with, he was unable to ask her out due to his terrible self esteem. Uh, once the word got out with the other kids, though, they were fucking brutally cruel to him. You can only imagine. Um, it's got to be rough at that age dealing with something like that. Yeah. Just like with, okay. you know, Bobby Joe Long, you know, growing fucking breasts at fucking puberty. I mean, Jesus, it's just got to be crazy. You. you can't hide it. I mean, at least that well, you could said, hide, uh, you know. They said that in school, too, like somebody caught sight of his fucking pecker, and they said his foreskin looked weird, and they made fun of oh, that Oh, it was at the urinal. Too. He was in the urinal in the yeah, bathroom. Like, one of the boys saw that. his dick, and they're like, what the your fuck? foreskin looks weird. Like, what the well, fuck? where's your foreskin at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, they made fun so, of hard. just a shitty time to be, you know, dealing with something like that at puberty uh, with, you know, kids just being as cruel as they are. It's just it's <laughs> shitty. Now, he did find himself wrestling with an 11-year-old girl that was friends with his sister. And during this act of wrestling with her, he ejaculates in his pants, finding it very exciting to struggle with a girl. And this is definitely the beginning of him starting to put the pieces together. That's where it starts. Like, hmm. It's like, this is what hmm, I'm into. I like this. You know, right. this yeah. is fucked up. So after high school, he wants to go to Moscow University, but he failed the exam to get in. Uh, so he had to settle for vocational schools. So he kind of looked at that as like a downgrade, you know, not as um, yeah, prestigious, not, right. you know. Didn't help his self-esteem at all either. No. And he's attempting to have normal relationships with girls but was unable to perform sexually. And the one serious relationship he had was over in 18 months. So uh, yep. Ch- Chikatilo... Uh- uh, served a mandatory two years in the Soviet military after graduation uh, from vocational school. He continued to have problems with his impotence in any and being in any sort of relationship. A uh, young woman he was dating told some of her friends about his problem. Jesus Christ. And before long, yeah. it was public knowledge, and he felt everyone was laughing at him behind his back. Oh, I'm sure they weren't just doing it behind his back. No. They were looking at him like, dude, for real, what's up? Right. 
And, you know, he said in a 1993 interview, he was so depressed over it that he tried to hang himself, but was saved at the last minute by his mother and a neighbor. His mom and a neighbor found him. Um, People are just shitty, man. You know, I mean, it's bad enough he's dealing with that. People fucking with him about it. Uh, Chikatilo moves to Rostov in uh, 1963, gets married to a woman named Feodosia. Very strange name. Uh, for us, I guess. Right, I was going to say it's probably like Alice Soviet in, Russia. In Soviet <laughs> Russia, exactly. Like Helga is a pretty common name over there, too. Right. Uh, it was an arranged marriage by his sister and her husband. Feodosia was very socially awkward, but in some ways they were perfect for each other because she was Both really up. smart. So they had, you know, that whole intellectual, intellectual thing in yeah. common. Um, they, had a, they did have a couple kids together. They did. Um, he was able to... Through some sort of, I don't know. He couldn't he, get it hard. He just flaccidly jerk off in his hand and shove it in yeah, there. Yeah, he'd use his fingers like, to basically yeah, an applicator. He'd use his fingers, push use it up his in fingers there. as right. the applicator for her. And yeah, They didn't have turkey basters back then? I guess not. What the fuck? I it's guess full that. of jizz. Just saying. So they, uh, <laughs> so fuck, he gets the job done. He's got, like you said, two kids. Uh, he takes fuck, a job man. as a school teacher and fails miserably because he can't control the kids. And they make fun of him. Um, his mother, this motherfucker can't get a break, man. Come to dealing with people, even kids. It's no wonder that he lost it and raged the fuck out uh, beyond fucking the point of no return. Right, yeah. Winds up getting fired from his teaching job for molesting students, uh, both in boys the river and girls. Or the lake or whatever. And that one girl, he fucking just swam up on her, started grabbing her breasts yeah. and genitals and everything. Yeah, she was screaming 15. and everyone was yeah, swimming over to see what was going yeah, on. Yeah, didn't stop until he came over. And it's fucked up because he didn't get any kind of charge for it or anything. I know. They They're just, just like, kind of like the like the Catholic either, priests, man. They just send them on down the road and let yeah. somebody else deal with you them. You resign which is, or you're fired. Which it's, is awful, man. It's like some yeah. old thing about, what was it, the fucking, if one person looks yeah, bad one at person's the school, punished, the everyone school gets punished. bad right. or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, they didn't want the attention that it would bring, so they just let him go. So, Chris, this guy's like a ticking time bomb yeah. with all the crazy shit going on in his life. It's no wonder that it ended like it did, man. It didn't end good. No. Lots of death. Lots now, he, of blood. Yeah, he takes a job working for a factory, going on the road to get supplies that they need to produce their products. Doesn't say what the product is, so it could have been like, you know. Probably child prostitution. Yeah. <laughs> Which or is vodka or, or something. Vodka yeah. or Who knows? They you didn't know. have Viagra, otherwise he would have been all right. That's right. <laughs> uh, doesn't say what the product is, so who knows. But the various factories where the goods were being produced, um, you know, is where he was going. And he was gone for days at a time. And he used that Soviet train system to get around. So, uh, what kind of goods are you traveling when you're taking a train the whole right. fucking time? Though, well, I don't think he was bringing the goods back. He was just trying to coerce them to produce ah, the okay. stuff they needed at his factory to make whatever they made. So gotcha. It was apparently because the the communist system is so dysfunctional. This was actually a job because in a normal fucking system. You know, people need shit. Other people make it. They send it to them. They make stuff. You know, right. it's humming along. But over there, it was just such a clusterfuck that they actually had a job where you went to these places like, please, can you can make, you make the stuff that we need at our factory so we can make our 
couches Jesus or Christ, whatever the fuck that. it is, so some dude in Illinois can fuck our couch. You know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> now it was 1978 when things start to go downhill. So Chris Shawback <laughs> is born. God damn it! And Chikatilo's <laughs> finds out. <laughs> And he's like, fuck this shit. <laughs> I'm killing everybody I'm gonna now. I'm going to kill some motherfuckers. Because so. <laughs> one day, he's going to do a podcast and talk about me. Uh, and I want it to be fucking right. <laughs> right. <And> significant <laughs> that it started in 1978. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so the unfortunate people he came into contact with are fucking not too happy it started in 1978. Mm, he nope. buys this real old fucking shack in, in another town. So secretly, his wife has no fucking yeah, idea what's up. Has it. uh, it's here that he kills his first victim, the nine-year-old girl uh, that he attempted to rape but was not able to. So he raged out, started to choke her, then stabbed her multiple times before ejaculating in his pants. So is this one is fucked one, up. That's the one, that first one. Isn't that when he, uh, it wasn't the first one, was it? It was. When he freaking like tried to freaking rape her, like trying to shove it in. Broker Hyman when he saw the blood yeah that, that's, that she was the first yeah that, was that the first she had one. seen the blood and was like okay and they started like, making little cuts on her stomach yeah and then that progressed and then he started stabbing, stabbing and that the was, shit that out was of his her. thing yeah like I mean it's fucked up that uh, that term that we talked about last week with uh, Dr. Vronsky the peakerism yeah um, where you get sexual gratification sexual gratification Gratification. Gratification, thank you. Gratisfaction. I like gratisfaction. Uh, Fuck yeah. it. I can't get no gratisfaction. <laughs> um, by piercing the skin with a knife or something like that. So like Carla Faye Tucker with Fucking the pickaxe orgasm orgasms, man. Well, the pickaxe made me think of, in that episode, I was thinking she was trying to play like real life, you know, like Minecraft. You know, she was trying to. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She was using the pickaxe to kill shit with. <laughs> That'd be a cool name for a band, Carla Faye Tucker and the Pickaxe Orgasms. <laughs> right. You know? Um, so after he gets, uh, after he kills the first girl, he dumps her body in the river, and now he's just fucking, he's driven. He, he wants like, to kill. Do, I need the blood. I need the blood. Yeah. And the body turns up a few days later. He is investigated, and even though there's some blood on the snow outside of his house, they don't arrest him, but they arrest somebody else, right, Joe? I mean, yeah. they, uh, the guy down the road, I don't he, remember his name. but He had already been, like, charged with some kind of murder. He had already been charged of killing a kid. Right. So they're like, oh, well, it's the same guy. You know, let's, right. just, let's just throw it on him. Yeah. So they, they ended up getting him and executing him for yeah, it. Yeah, they fucking execute this poor bastard who didn't even do it. You right. Know? And then well, he they... should have been executed already for killing a kid previously. True, true. So. Oh, and True. then when they fucking goddamn went and told his mom after they found out Chikatilo did it, his mom, the dude's mom that they executed was like, didn't even know. Right. Like, that fucking, her son had been killed. Yeah, and 12 she, like, broke years down, later, yeah. and she didn't even fucking That's know. That's Didn't even know, yeah. That's just so fucked up. So Chikatilo is just wetting his appetite for blood, and the one thing that will let him uh, achieve an orgasm, which is struggling with a female and stabbing her to death, which is fucking insane. That's romantic, I thought. <laughs> His second murder was in 1981, um, but then he goes for a shorter cooling off periods from years to months. So he's kind of all over the place with this. He starts, he stops, he starts, which makes it hard to catch him, of course. there's no pattern that they've ever seen before. And they know they don't... Uh... 
they're not all the same type of victim either. Right. Like well, males and males, females, females, and then kids, some adult, were, yeah. you well, know, he butchered, and some were not as much. You know, right. it's just very and spread out like that. And and if in a society where the police were anything but, um, you know, good at what they did, they were just inept. They didn't know what the fuck they were doing. They didn't. He didn't kill his first boy until later down the road. He killed plenty of females at first, but then oh, he yeah. his first boy, and then that was that. But with the second victim, it was really fucked up that he yeah. danced around the body. Like he was what? dancing. Yeah. He did a dance that we know. And he, yeah, he like knew howling he was safe and shit. And he could do it without being seen. Right. He would just dance around that body like it was his victory, you know, kind of that thing. That is so fucked up. And then he'd realize what he had done, and then he does what does what he does with the body. Right. Now, he also begins to do some of his killings without a knife, choking and biting the victims, and some were found with their nipples torn off by his teeth. Yeah, the second baby. one, yeah, the second girl, he bit her nipple off with his yeah. teeth. The second one he did that with, for sure. So he is just out of fucking control. And Chris, could you imagine if we had like actual like, you know, stills of this? You know, like nowadays everything's on video. I mean, like my God, just raging out. No, it'd be weird. Tearing apart someone with his teeth. I mean, Jesus Christ. It'd be like footage for a cattle decapitation video totally, or some shit. Totally. Cattle decapitation. <laughs> uh, many of Chikatilo's victims were also found with either no eyes at all or damage to their eyes. Like stabbing. Like he'd like go into their actual eyes a lot, too. Though. Yeah. He and that, I was just, for some reason, fascinated with this strange superstition that is apparently not exclusive to Russians, but more of a European thing, where they believe that when someone is murdered, the last thing they see is their killer, and that person's image is actually burned into their eyes. Um, That'd be pretty fucking weird. fucking weird. But obviously, you know, that was the reason he was doing it. Maybe also as a little keepsake, you know, a little memento. There could still be a bucket of eyes buried somewhere. There very well could. Now... I asked our friend, Dr. Peter Vronsky, who, of course, we recently interviewed, if he knew anything about the superstition, uh, because I know Peter speaks uh, Russian fluently and is very familiar with history, and he's just very knowledgeable. Um, And he had not checked much into it. He said he knew it was a European um, superstition, but that was about all he had really looked into it about. So I checked it out. And I found some info on the term optography, which is a way to receive an image from the retina of the eye. Um, Now, the belief that the eye held the image of what the person last saw before death was actually widespread in the 1800s and early 1900s when a German doctor, Wilhelm Kuhn, uh, did some experiments with animals. And in 1878, this is so fucked up, captured the image on the eye of a rabbit that was facing a window when it was beheaded and the scan of the eye uh, is something you can actually go see online but it it shows the window panes that were in front of him so pretty fucking crazy Uh, we could actually do do a bonus podcast easily on that topic it's very interesting i at least think it was uh when i was looking at it um it was also used in london in 1888 on two of the ripper victims uh, in hopes to catch catch the killer, which they did not, uh, of course. Uh, it was even used in Germany as late as 1924 in a case where a college professor was accused of killing his children and hired help. Uh, they performed the optograms on two of the victims. Uh, the professor's face was visible on one of the children's, 
and the other one was taken on the gardener and it shows an axe and that was actually how he was murdered was, was with an axe yeah right that's fucking so uh, fucking crazy uh that the police had this um they say damning the fucking... optography evidence and the man convinced he, he confessed when they found out they had this evidence and was convicted and executed. So they say the eyes, the window to the soul, but yeah, I mean it is kind of crazy. Uh, a lot of stuff on the subject, so maybe we'll have to do that as like a bonus uh, podcast, dude. That might be kind of cool. Now, in Peter Vronsky's book *Serial Killers: The Method and Madness of Monsters*, he talks about the way killers are categorized. Uh, Chikatilo is both an organized and disorganized killer. He's organized, of course, by the way he travels around with his kill kit, uh, stocked with knives, rope. Uh, what else, Joe? You were talking about this earlier. A what jar you... of Vaseline. Jar of Vaseline. A jar of to help Vas- him get it. Get, yeah. yeah. To help him try, yeah, get yeah. His, his try and do his dick in, her, in the person. And uh, he's also disorganized by his random method of finding victims at train stations where he stops for his job. Uh, he was observed talking with multiple women before finding that one was desperate enough to go with his middle-aged uh, man into the woods. So he also tried to, try to coerce him with like vodka, with vodka and food or whatever. Bubble yeah, gum, whatever. I heard too for the kids. Yeah, which was rare in, on, in Russia. It. So most of his victims were prostitutes, but he also liked to kill children and adolescents. You know, he preyed upon the weak, which, of course, all these cowardly motherfuckers do. Most of them do. They, you, they ain't ever going out for the big guys. No, of course not. Um, and he was definitely in the right place, you know, at the right time in his eyes, um, because, you know, thousands and thousands of potential victims at these train stations. And, you know, he was able to avoid detection for right. so long. He went forever. 12 years. 12 years. Fucking obviously he was doing something right. Like I said, yeah. he's smart as fuck. Right. And, you know, when we talk, uh, we're going to play a clip here coming up of Peter Vronsky uh, talking about when he met Chikatilo. But, you know, he's dressed nicer than the average peasant. Right. Uh, He looks a little bit more respectable. So he kind of got a pass, which is which is fucking crazy. Now, Joe, we've heard, you know, countless times how these killers just blend in on the surface. They appear normal. You know, Gacy, Fish, Bundy, BTK. Mm They look like that guy next door just cutting his grass. Like a grandpa, you know? like a friendly grandpa. Yeah, I mean, you'd never fucking expect that these people would have such a dark side, you know. Also, what set him apart was it was Russia. Everyone's drinking, you know. But he... He didn't drink. Didn't really care about the whole alcohol. That He didn't like alcohol, really. Right. right. And he, and his wife had said, you know, he, he never beat me because he wasn't a drunk. You know, right. he wasn't like... Yeah, and over there, that was a big deal. I mean, To them, know, it was... They thought he was, it was odd. was so commonplace. They yeah. thought he was odd because he didn't drink. Because right. you know, like everyone when he was that's teaching Russian, and everyone's shit. drunk. Yeah, when he was teaching and shit, he wouldn't go out after work with yep. the other guys and drink. He'd just, right. just play, he would just play pocket pool was all he cared about. Yeah, he'd so. just play, play with his pecker. <laughs> Yeah. Now, one gruesome murder was of a 10-year-old girl he lured into a cornfield in 1982, stabbed her more than 50 times in the head and shoulders before tearing her open, removing her intestines and uterus. Uh, some accounts said that Chikatilo was fond of chewing on the uterus, saying it was nice to chew on and was spongy but chewy. Yeah, he said he never liked to bite him, just 
Gonna re- chew on. It. Well, he wouldn't. Yeah, he wouldn't he eat wouldn't them or eat consume it. He would them. Just, just chew it and spit it out. Yeah, and the like, boys, like that was gum. That's probably what he was talking about when he's trying to yeah. chew or remember what gum. He's yeah. like, hey, you want some of this gum? <laughs> like, it's actually uh, your best friend's uterus, but it's right. okay. And then you the boys you, you he was killing the uh, were often found castrated or that body, part of their body disfigured. And it said also, I think later that he was chewing on their testicles. Yeah, yeah, was, that's, yeah that's what the fuck. Yeah. But also one of his victims, it was the it was a lady he had previously had a relationship with. Right. And she thought, oh, maybe, you know, he'll be different this time. No, he still couldn't perform. So she was still making fun of him, and so he killed her. Right. She had, she had daughter her daughter. Her. Yeah, she had her oh, daughter with right. her. Oh, that's right. I yeah, do remember this one. He her. sent her off with the doll that he had brought to, like, you know, distract her while he, you know, did this with the mom. She went off to go play. He wow. killed her. She, she heard the scream, so she came running back, saw him buck-ass naked. With a knife. And so he's running through, trying to chase her, and kills her, her too. Hammer. Jesus Christ. Yeah, totally decapitated her. They, like, fought yeah, her head. Yeah, her oh, head fucking, and all that. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, I forgot about yeah, that fucking one. fucking brutal. Jesus. Fucked up, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's a lot of them here. I mean, we're just kind of touching on a right, few. Right, yeah, yeah. And he stabbed her in the head, and she was still alive, so he ended up caving in her skull. Yeah, yeah, with the fucked hammer. up. Wow, he's, he's chessboard killer style. Huh? I mean, well, chessboard didn't get chessboard is, modeled himself. This is after his right, protege. Chessboard the, is his protege. So right, like, he tried to outdo him and just couldn't. Right now, Chikatilo gets lucky when his semen samples don't match the blood type of what was found at the scene. Um, he's considered as a suspect in some of the murders, but due to a rare disorder where his blood type can't be figured out from analyzing the sperm. This is known as a non-secretor, and it has to do with not having sufficient protein in the bodily fluids to match it against the blood that they find at the right. crime scene. Yeah, it's like A blood or some shit like that. I yeah, don't it's, it's what pretty it was. rare. It was like so A and AAB. Yeah, they didn't even know shit. it was a thing at the time. This is all going right. on. They didn't even know about oh, it. Oh, sure. Yeah. Until later, time. when yeah, until the Japanese figure it out, mm-hmm. and then they're like, "Whoa!" You know, they didn't even think of it at the time with right. him. Because they didn't know that that was, you know, the thing. Well, yeah, nobody did know. That's true. But, yeah, it's fascinating that that's uh, that. It is. I'd never heard of that before I heard about the Chikatilo Mm -hmm. case. Now, he cools off for a bit, uh, but kills three more in 1988, several more in 1989. Uh, The police are after him, but it's the Soviet Union, the old Soviet Union, and they just fuck up one thing after another. They wind up destroying some of the blood evidence that would have pinned some of the murders to him. So he walks free. Uh, there were at least a couple of times that Chikatilo was a suspect, but managed to not be charged with anything. So fucking crazy. Now, Chris, when we were talking with Dr. Vronsky uh, last week, um, he talked about meeting yeah, Chikatilo in, in Moscow. Yeah, filming a documentary. Like, didn't realize who it was at the time. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. Totally met him fucking. Right. And uh, so we're going to we're going to play this clip from Dr. Vronsky talking about his meeting with Chikatilo right before he was actually captured. It was like the last three victims, I think, were killed right after he met with him. So you are definitely good at doing serial killer stuff. Um, I was just blown away uh, watching some of these interviews you've done, listening to some and reading others, just a variety of things I did to research for this. And the brushes that you had with two serial killers before they were caught. Now, one of those, of 
One of those, of course, was Andre Chikatilo, and that was when you were in Russia shooting a film. Can you elaborate for our listeners what that was like to have a run-in with the Ripper of Rostov? Well, you know, that's how I started um, writing about serial killers because I, I, you know, I kind of had no interest in, in, in serial killers. Um, even, you know, in fact, when I ran into my first serial killer, that term hadn't even been around, right? right. Uh, you know, cops were using it, but, you know, it wasn't used uh, in the press or in media. So, um, you know, these encounters, I think what made them remarkable is, of course, I didn't know there were serial killers at that time. So in the case of my, my second guy in Russia, um, there was this um, tent city there in uh, 1990. People were, uh, you know, it was the last year of the um, Soviet era. People were allowed to protest for the first time. And so there was this huge um, tent city of protesters set up just behind uh, the Red Square. And so our camera crew kind of go, goes in there and um, we're uh, shooting interviews with uh, people who for the first time are kind of voicing their complaints, um, their grievances, and, and there were a lot of old, older people there um, from, you know, the Gulag era, from the Stalinist era where they were sending people into these horrific concentration camps, uh, these forced labor camps. So people had some serious stories. Well, I'm and sure they did. Then this one guy who's a little bit younger, he's kind of in his, in his you know, 40s, comes up on us um, and, and wants us to interview him. So I hear out his story and, and he's kind of well-dressed compared to the other people. He's got a, a, a tie on. Um, this leather kind of full leather jacket. Um, uh, you know, he looks like he's, you know, better educated, uh, um, kind of almost like a factory manager, which is exactly what Chikatilo was. Right, right. So um, he tells me his, his story, and his story is so dumb and stupid <laughs> that... that um, I, I figured there's there's no there's no story here, so you know I had this kind of cold word with with my cameraman. You know there was a series of commercials at that time uh, from Kodak Film, and it was called the Kodak Moment. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so our cold word was, you know, just pretend to film this guy, and we're gonna send him on his way, not to offend him. Uh, it's a Kodak moment. Gotcha. Ah, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. So, that, that is funny. You know, we, I sent him packing. Three weeks later, he's arrested for his, I think, 51st, 52nd <laughs> That's murder. That is insane. Uh, now, I don't know this. Uh, and a year later, I, I see him on trial in, 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 on television in, in Russia. I'm still there. Uh, but I don't recognize him as the guy. Oh, yeah. He looked totally you know, different. The, from the year before. In yeah, the, in absolutely. The cage he looks and everything. all... Yeah, in the cage, that <laughs> shaved head. Wow. He's, you know, 
uh, exposing himself. Right, right. just ridiculous. <laughs> so it's only when I, you know, started on my first book, and and of course by then he was kind of the most prolific at that point. You know, fifty three victims and and so i I, you know i said well i gotta include this guy in my book right right and and so as i'm researching this the story i come across this this account how police in moscow suspect he might have done something there um he came originally from rostov in, in in the ukraine south of moscow um, that police in Moscow suspect he might have something have done something there because he was there in October protesting, um, and his <laughs> protest, the story that he told us, um, that he was going to meet with Gorbachev to complain that um, the mafia was building toilets underneath his apartment windows, uh, public <laughs> toilet. Right. <laughs> Fucking chicken solo. So I waved him off, right? But now I'm reading this, and, and, and of course, I, 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 I don't, I, you know, the only thing I remember about him was um, kind of the knot of his tie, because you know, as I said, it was kind of odd that he was wearing like a, like a, a suit and tie, right? Uh, in in the middle of this tent city, and and his glasses. He had these um, kind of coke bottle glasses, and and as he was talking to me, he was getting upset, and they were fogging up. Really? Right? So, so that's my entire memory. This kind of geek with fogged wow. up glasses and this little tie, and and he had a briefcase. Right. Wow. Um, and I see the briefcase in the arrest photos, right? And the briefcase is like filled with all his knives and tools and his and, murder and kit. Shit. Basically, he didn't have any Peter Bronsky yeah. business cards in his. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> that's good. I, I, uh, I mean, I was just kicking myself afterwards. Uh, oh, oh, I, I can I only imagine an interview. All that footage right, with with him, you know, and, and, and I I turned him away. That's so, great. That's a bummer. That was fucking crazy, yeah. man. Could you imagine that being you fucking Yeah. You just know somebody you could have interviewed right. and you could have filmed like, it and you just thought idiot. the guy was a joke, man. Yeah, fuck it. So pretty, pretty crazy stuff. Now in uh, nineteen ninety Chikatilo kills three more victims to make his total fifty two confirmed. Uh, as we said earlier, he did confess to more. Uh, remember, Chris, the podcast we did on the chessboard killer yep. who yes, fucking idolized Chikatilo. It was his goal to surpass him. Yeah, he was bound to term and he was going to have a higher body count than him. But the Russian police said, I don't Sorry, fucking sir. think so. Um, and his total was in the 40s somewhere. I don't remember exactly where, right. but it wasn't pissed his shit off, dude. He didn't get fucking this, what is it, 60, what, on the chessboard? I don't, I don't remember how many squares yeah, on the chessboard. Right. Yeah, he did not make that. And, of course, he's sitting at the lovely Black Dolphin Prison yeah. in Siberia. Yeah. So probably not a really nice place to be. Uh, as we talked about in our podcast we did on that place. It sounds like a pretty goddamn boring place. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awful. I'd like now, to go there. <laughs> to you visit. Can, you can go right ahead. Well, no, I'd like to take a tour and see, you know, no, that's try what it out. Well, that's we what had that, oh, yeah, try it out. Yeah, yeah we, we had, had that, that commercial for the Black Dolphin oh, Resort did. and Spa. You should check into them, man. <laughs> I should. Yeah, that's true. I should. Now, we also had a conversation with Dr. Vronsky about the claims 
uh, that Chikatilo cannibalizes victims. Um, some believe he did. Some say he didn't. And even Chikatilo tries to deny the cannibalism. Right, but, but like he does said, admit, admit to chewing on the uterus. General. Would you consider that cannibalism, or would you just consider that fucked up? I don't know. <laughs> if, if all you're doing, I guess, is chewing on it, I guess that's really not eating but, it. But I don't I know. Mean, that's that's a boy. That's, that's a nasty man. As you chew, you still swallow, and you know chunks are coming off. Yeah, or at least there. the fucking the juices. juices. Yeah, that's mm, fucking nasty. Uterus juice. Yeah, that's fucking nasty. <laughs> Uter juice. Yeah. yeah, that's fucking rough, man. So it's definitely <laughs> Jen's disgusting. over there like, what the fuck? <laughs> so check out our uh, our clip here from uh, our interview with Doctor Vronsky, where he talks about Chris. The subject of cannibal serial killers in Russia. It's kind of an interesting take on it because he is a fluent Russian uh, speaker and knows a lot about their history. So yep. check this out. How do you uh, how do you explain the rise of serial killers and cannibalism in Russia during the nineties with people like Chick uh, Chikatilo, the chessboard killer, and Sasha, the cannibal, and others? Well, there is something about Russia. Um, serial killers happens, um, and, and I think that serial killers kind of um, adopt um, local cultural historical um, elements, and, and of course Russia has had a, a you know in the twentieth century has had a long history of nutritional cannibalism um, during the civil war in right. uh, you know from 1919 to 21 there was you know just this unbelievable famine and and people did cannibalize each other um, during the period that Chikatilo was growing up um, in the late 1930s in the Ukraine of course there was a, a kind of state imposed famine there that sometimes yep. reduced people to cannibalism. Uh, the siege of Leningrad during the Second World War, 900 days, people um, were isolated inside the city, surrounded by the German army, and there were cases of um, both nutritional cannibalism and, and kind of financial cannibalism, where people were selling human meat. Um, Just to make money. Know, mystery you know, mystery meat. Um, <laughs> so I think those echoes, those stories, those uh, perhaps incidences, um, you know, there is this this report, we've never been able to confirm it, that, you know, Chikatilo's, um, I think, little brother was cannibalized. Right. Um, so, so, you know, there is somehow these kinds of um, echoes, I think, that that get kind of float out into serial killers' uh, fantasy scripts. Because essentially, I, I think serial killers have these um, impulses, but they quite don't know how to translate these impulses into human behavior. And, and so when they do, they kind of script it towards aberrant human behavior that is presented to them as a kind of a model of what might be freaky or what might be, um, you know, a sexual aberration at that moment um, in the culture, in the era, in the period. And, and, and so I think that's the reason you have this kind of higher 
degree of um, you know the number of cannibal serial killers in in in, in Russia. Very cool, man. Yeah. For him to Rusky. talk to us, yeah. man. You know? <laughs> yeah, and he knows his shit. Yeah, too, he really like, does. He's, he's a PhD, smart. and he's a very smart guy. So it is kind of funny talking with little murder metal mayhem. Yes, thank you, Doctor V, again. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Um, now, in November of 90, uh, 1990, the police finally arrest Chikatilo uh, after he's observed attempting to pick up young children. Uh, once they get him in jail, he starts to talk about all the things he's done. Says in less than two hours, he burst into tears and told him everything. And according to one of the detectives, quote, it was like a weight was lifted off of him, end quote. So he Aww. talks with... A psychiatrist and explains everything. This I mean, he what spares no this. detail, yeah. tells him everything um, about this 12-year murder spree. Here's how my brain works. Right? Wait till you get a load of this. Yeah. Uh, he told the doctor that he often tasted the blood of his victims and sometimes, quote, shook all over from it, uh, end quote. Well, he that's also what happens said, when you come in your pants. I guess. <laughs> man, he must have gone through some fucking underwear now. I man. For real. God damn, his mom was probably like, really? God <laughs> damn. Cummins calls him uh, when he's talking about being the teacher, uh, Professor Sticky Zipper or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, he said he also would usually squat by the victim as if they were dying, or as they were dying, I'm sorry, and would wait for the heart to stop beating. And if they cried or moaned as they died, it heightened his orgasm. So uh, what yep, the some fuck? Some sadistic shit. A little bit. Uh, he tells the doctor he often chewed on the female uterus or the testicles of his male victims. Later, of course, he would recant this. Uh, he also explained the Russian superstition about the eyes, uh, but said that he eventually believed it was an old wives' tale and, and stopped doing, doing it. it. Yeah, but like that's that. where I find that very interesting because they actually can, you know, this becomes like a legitimate like forensic tool. I mean, they're not modern day using it, but I mean, it it, it appears to have some fucking validity, which is kind of crazy. Why don't they use it nowadays? I don't. I don't that. know. Because I mean, they I, never I, stand up in court. Like, come on now. That's, they mock it. They all yeah, mock it like, that it it's stupid. Work. But I mean, I. I don't, I, mean, know. I don't know I mean, how well I believe it either, but it's knows? very, very interesting. Um, but usually, you know, those types of stories are just totally made up in fiction. But this is something that after the fact became a forensic tool for quite a period of time it is very, uh, very fascinating. Uh, somehow uh, he was found to fit, fit to stand trial. I have no fucking idea. No. Yeah, they did, uh, a, psych the that's they did even a psychiatric uh, evaluation to see if he was even fit for it, and like right. after like sixty days or something like that, right? They said, "Oh yeah, you're you know you're okay to do trial." Yeah, uh, after fucking twelve years of just a rampage of fucking right, brutalizing, torturing, and just all out mayhem on people. Oh yeah, I mean, so violent and he was fa found fit to stay in trial despite the doctor saying he did suffer from brain damage due to that prenatal injury we were talking about. So, uh Chikatilo also ref uh, mentions uh, several concussions in uh, his youth again going back to that because his mom wouldn't, you know, beat him for pee pissing in the bed. Oh, he was. Well, a, oh, that's right. He was a chronic bedwetter yeah, as well. That's pissing, right. Yeah, and fucking. I'm sure mom would be pissed when you're sleeping with mom and you're pissing the bed all the damn time. Probably. Would you probably. want to wake up with piss? Hey, I've had <laughs> kids, bro. 
<laughs> he was also a sadist and a borderline personality disorder, but fine, found fine to stand trial. Uh, his trial begins in April of 92. It was quite the spectacle with him being kept in a cage the, in the courtroom. Those fucking yeah, images of, of that are in the fucking, fucking nuts, man. He looks man. like a demon. <laughs> dude, he, looks he looks fucked, fucked up dude. with his head shaved and all crazy-eyed and... You know, the fucking families are screaming at him. That's why he was in the cage. Well, not to protect him. them from him, but, but him from them. Everybody else. Because these motherfuckers are going to tear him apart. Yeah, people were spitting in his face. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, fuck. Who wouldn't, man? Charged with 53 fucking murders. You know, Rush is obsessed with that term, maniac. Right, yeah, yeah. You think they called him a maniac? You would oh, think. I'm sure yeah, He's did. like the fucking poster boy <laughs> yeah, for maniac. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the trial went on uh, until August of 92. Uh, whether to no surprise, of course, Chikatilo found guilty. What you know, you remember his reaction to that? Yeah, yeah, he just jumps up, fucking kicks his bench around in his cage, pulls his fucking dick Drops out. He's like, What the waving fuck, his dude? dick around. <laughs> you see this dick? This is what made it happen. Right? If you had this, this you'd the... do it too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's that those images of him in that cage are just fucking, fucking crazy, man. Well, the insane. videos on YouTube, you can even look it up. It oh, looks yeah, like he's you like, can watch it. Yeah, yeah, it's he's, it looks up. like he's insane. He, yeah, he was he insane. Was. And they, the, like, those pictures, though, fucking. Psycho killer, get on it. We need a bobblehead. We do. We do. I want one so bad. Now, uh, he's found guilty, Chris. We've laughed about this recently with another one. Sentenced to death plus 86 years. So, I don't know. If he comes back to life, he has to do the 86. I uh, I don't know. How does that work? It's just fucking crazy how those sentences work. Find whatever creature you're you're reincarnated into, and we're keeping it captive for 86 years. Right. Hopefully you come back as that because they already have a captive. Right. (laughs) His lawyers uh, did file two appeals on his behalf, but both were denied. And the final was in 94. And on Valentine's Day of 1994, he was taken from his cell and shot once behind the ears. Boom. Damn. Instant execution. That wasn't very long after. Yeah, fucking, they don't fuck around. No. They're just let's do this. Let's get nope. this over with. They don't nope. do it on death row for. They years. do not fuck around over there. And you know, while I'm sure, well, we know from just this case that one guy was wrongfully executed right. for that first murder that he did. You know, you can only imagine in countries like this that would happen all the time. He got so I am for appeals and legit ways you can defend yourself, but. I also don't think somebody should be on death row for 20 fucking years. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. So it needs to be some happy medium there. Also, after he was dead, like Chris, you were saying, they went to the... The first person they executed for the first death, and they went to the mom. Yeah, she's like, I didn't even know. Didn't even know he was dead. She broke down, and... They actually interviewed her, and they said the son was an asshole anyway. Like, she... He never kept in contact with her. Huh. So... I feel like Chick Tillo got it pretty fucking easy getting dying yeah. the way he did. He did, dude. A bullet Fuck. behind the ear. Just one shot. Painless. You're, gone. Now, like you're done. Yeah, yeah, like uh, so. Uh, Charles Ng and uh, Leonard Lake. Leonard Lake. Leonard Lake. Cyanide. Yeah, yeah, he, he used that cyanide. Just himself like, with yeah. cyanide pussy. in his tooth. Yeah. So, uh, so, Joe, I'm glad you wanted to do this one with uh, us. Yeah, I know Chris yeah, and I, dude. this was Fuck one yeah, of those... When we first started talking like about this, like, we'll get to it. Yeah. We know we're going to do Chikatilo <laughs> at some point. How can we not? So right. I had fun. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Now, the research for this episode <laughs> was done with a variety of resources. I know uh, all Lots three of, of us had a lot of different things we were doing with this one. I watched a couple different docs. I've watched many of them over the years. 
I read the book, The Red Ripper, and Joe, I know you just did as well. Yep. Um, it's a good read, and the last podcast boys refer to it a lot, too. So does Dan Cummins. Yeah, and Dan Cummins' Time Suck on Chikatilo is really good, and the last podcast, yeah. both. Uh, those those guys are do great uh, work. And I'm sure there's a lot of other ones out there. I just didn't listen to any of the other ones right. uh, for this particular one. I, I listened listen to so them for other things. Uh, so, uh, you know, I was familiar with the story. I have been for about 20 years. Uh, back when I did the Low Times, I did a Psycho of the Month on Chikatilo. Oh, so, yeah, right. so I've known about him for a long I think time. I still have that one at home. Nice. <laughs> uh, when you research it, you know, you always find out new things. So I thought it was cool to be able to dig back into this one again. And Chris, I thought that was so cool that you found that band name, yeah, Chikatilo. That band we came out of, Chikatilo. Dude, and they're fucking badass as hell, so awesome. man. So, yeah, when I came across it, I was like, okay, this is a metal band name. They better be good. When I yeah. first clicked it, I was like, okay. Yeah. Okay. You Definitely. Got <laughs> yeah. When you sent that to me, I was like, oh, wow, that's cool, you know. Now, next time we're going to be featuring another sick bastard, dude, the Times Square Torso Ripper. You got to love Richard that. Richard Cottingham. Yeah. Now. And we'll have more clips from Dr. Veronsky on this one. Because yeah. This is his jam because yeah. he met with Chikatilo, but he also met Richard Cottingham. But this one's even manner. more fucked yeah. up. <laughs> where he actually bumps into him after a murder. And it's a gruesome fucking story yeah, that involves burning bodies and headless victims. And, and bags. Pretty and bag, uh, duffel bag. <laughs> That's right. Brushing up against you in an elevator. Ooh. So it's going to be good. And Doctor Vronsky was nice enough to break some news for us about Cottingham. Yes, he about did. some uh, some things that he's admitted to. And so we'll talk about that with him next week on that episode. So we bumped that one up when we heard that Doctor Vronsky had some news to break, uh, and he's also working on a book about uh, Cottingham because he's been meeting with him uh, in prison in and, New Jersey. Uh, and, in, yeah. Yeah. Uh, victim's daughter, right? Right. The vic One of his victim's daughters uh, contacted him to help her. Yeah. And we'll talk about that next week, but it's very, very wicked and an interesting story for sure. So... I think we've hammered through some gruesome shit with Chikatilo. Thank God. Let's leave Russia again. I, I think, <laughs> man. It's fucking cold God, here, man. man. I think it's time to get our metal on. I think I hear that song. Here comes that jam. CK coming jam. in. Metal motherfucker. <laughs> the great metal motherfucker. Known the world over as the master of metal, the crusher of posers. And Murder Metal Mayhem's knower of all things metal, hailing from Wild Man Street in Danbury, Connecticut, standing at six feet of brutal punishing madness, weighing in at 220 pounds of poser pulverization. The one, the only, toughest bastard on the planet, Chris C.K. Kovac! Fuck yeah, we got the great what? metal motherfucker here with us, Hell CK. Yeah. How was that train ride? <laughs> the great metal motherfucker. You are. You are. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome, man. It. Yeah, I'm glad you liked your uh, your intro there. We're going to start playing it all the time now. Going into the metal segment, replacing 
the bumper music that was there, but we're finding another place to stash some bumper music. Yeah, we don't want to slack you. off on the fucking bumper music oh, hell songs no. like we want everybody to know what we listen to here and there. That's right. So we got four songs we play each week. And, and we what we joke with each other continue. about listening to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so very cool to have you here, CK. We got Joe here still hey. hanging on. My son, Joe. Hey. And you guys both have been jamming the fuck out of some iced earth. And so that was the one that you decided you wanted to do. So, Hello? Are you, are you there? Hi, yeah. yeah, we cool. Yeah, you're a little it's broke all... up though. Okay. Yeah. Okay, how about now? No, it's all sound like you're in a tunnel. Tunnel. How about now? Same. It's kind of weird. Did tunnel you move or something? Vision. No, I, I didn't. Now I'm not. I, I moved. Just how about now? It's okay. a little bit better. Yeah. What the fuck? That's weird. It happens. Yeah. Well. Well, no, want me to call you back? No, actually, it sounds sound all right now. Right go there. ahead, dude. Just go ahead and start. If okay. it gets bad, I'll stop you. All right. So tonight is fucking iced earth. Um, yes. Kind of. It's kind of reminiscent of a little bit of of. Uh, kind of reminds me of Chuck Schuldner and Death, as, as to which. The band that the band is John Schaefer's band. It's it's his band, and he basically has backing musicians. And he's had so many musicians over the years to get his 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 vision. Um, they started in '85 under the name of Black Rose. He quickly changed the name to Purgatory. Released a, a, a demo under Purgatory. And eventually changed the name to Iced Earth, and released a, a demo under Iced Earth, and they were eventually signed to Century Media. And I think they were one of the first bands to actually be signed to Century Media in America. Oh, really? Right. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't know that yeah, I, th I think they were one of the earliest ones. Do you by chance happen know. to know how he came up with the name Iced Earth? I've been curious about that, honestly. Yeah, his um, he had a buddy. Who came up with the name? Um, died in a motorcycle crash, and he remembered that his friend came up with it with the name Iced Earth, and that's why he decided to use it. And kind oh, of remember that. That's awesome. That's, that's cool as fuck. Kind of a tribute. Um, 1990, they recorded the um, first Iced Earth album called Iced Earth. Um, it was kind of like more more thrash sounding album than than a traditional metal album. Um, they used this guy Gene Adam as uh, for the lead vocals. They had this guy Randy Scheuer lead guitar, of course John Schaefer and Dave Bell on bass and Mike McGill, and um, that'd be the first album. Really didn't do much. They quickly went in to record the second album, and he totally changed the the, the, the band. Um, replaced the singer because the singer didn't want to take any singing lessons. 
So he said, no, if you're not going to try to improve your voice, you're out. That makes sense. So they, record, they recorded Night of the Storm Rider with this guy, John Greeley, on vocals. And um, pretty much the same band as far as the first album. Um, did okay, nothing major. Um, he decided to take a hiatus for two years. They almost broke up. Um, reformed, got a couple different members. This is where he bought in Matt Barlow as vocals. And to me, the Matt Barlow albums are the best. Um, that, that that's Those are the albums that I would, if anyone was getting into Ice Earth, I would tell you to buy those four, four or five albums first before you buy anything. Because I think those are the albums that that express what, what John Schaefer was trying to do do best. I would argue that um, uh, Ripper Owens is, is the better one to me, but... <laughs> no. Yeah. Rip, those two that he were on are fucking those, awesome. Those two albums fall flat. They are so flat. It's, um, they're not good albums. To me, they're not good albums at all. Nothing nothing even close to, to Burnt Offering Stark Saga or something Wicked or Horror Show. Not even close. And my favorite, and to even, be honest, and even, is... Uh, and even... And to me, even the new ones, it, do, it doesn't hold up to new ones. It's just one of those things where, to me, Ripper did not work out for Iced Earth. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it just, it's more than the talent. It's just the chemistry thing or just right place, right time. Because, yeah, Ripper Owens is fucking unbelievable, but it just may not have been well, the I, I, right fit, you know? The glorious I, Burden is my favorite. I love, I, I, I love Ripper, but when you listen to, like, the Ripper stuff, that you go back listen to the Matt Barlow stuff, there's no fucking comparison. None at all. I've been huh. slowly working the, my way backwards through him, and I, I'm, I'm getting the, used to the, Schaefer's voice. The, those Matt Barlow albums where he's singing are, are just, they're the shit. Huh. Like I I, I I love Ripper. I love Ripper Owens. Nothing gets Ripper Owens. Um, his other projects I love. It just for some reason, the Glorious Burden and Framing Armageddon That's just didn't really do anything. <laughs> to me, they just they just fell flat. And when um, Barlow came back and did Crystal Man, it fit right in. And it was it was that was made right. Yeah, that was a good um, one. Right but getting back, but getting back to um. Matt Barlow joins the band with Burnt Offerings um, after a two-year hiatus, and it's probably the heaviest thing they've, they've, they've done so far. A um, year later, they, they go and they record a, a album called Dark Saga um, in reference to the to Spawn um, the comic book character. I was going to say, like, Spawn the comic book character? Right. I, I, got, a, yeah. I got a Spawn tattoo on my leg. Shit. <laughs> yeah, he um. Their covers have always been that, badass, though. Then, then to me, they they put out the the album that that's the Ice Earth album, something wicked this way comes. It's got fucking great songs, great hooks. Matt's voice is just fucking killer on it, just fucking killer. And and the thing with and the thing with Matt is is his, his when when he performed live. He was right on target. He was he was right on target. He was um, I mean, he was just a man, man for he was, he was made for that band. And um, eventually they they put out another 
concept based album called Horror Show where all the songs are based on um, horror movies. That's fucking amazing. Oh, that's cool. Cashman did the same thing. Like, he's got two. That's right. That's he's right. got two albums called Horror Flicks and Horror Flicks the sequels. That's right. You know, yeah, yes, he does. Oh, um, yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Jack the Ripper, the Almond movies. Um, Jekyll and Dr. Hyde. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Fucking Frank, yeah. Uh, you Frankenstein. Know. And, um, that was the last album, album to actually feature Matt Barlow because Matt Barlow went on. He quit the band. He went on to become a cop in Maryland. Oh, um, that's weird. All right. Yeah, he was. He, he he was very affected by the 9/11. By 9/11. Oh, okay. And he felt like you know, what he was doing and and, and Iced Earth was not significant enough. Hmm. And his um, family was in the law enforcement, and he wanted to get in law enforcement. So um, he became a cop, and he's a cop to this day. Wow. Um, he, he actually started. He actually started recording the glorious, the um, glorious burden before before um, Ripper came in and, and finished it. And um, he even even he wasn't feeling the music, and that's why he quit. Right. Yeah. And um, you know, so it might have been that Ripper came in and and kind of was set to fail, in a way. It sounds like it was Try, that's trying true. to come up back up something that was already amazing. Yeah. Like it's hard to come back yeah. after something that's that strong. Yeah. You know because because you know when I heard Ripper was joining Ice Earth, I was like, holy shit, that's gonna be amazing. That was the biggest fucking letdown that, that I heard. Right when, when I bought that album, I was like, "It doesn't even have half the balls of the other albums. It's just, it just falls so fucking flat. It could have been such a good album, and it falls flat." Right. And I, I don't think it's Ripper's fault. I think it's just the songwriting wasn't there. Which album are you talking about with that one? Glorious Burden. See, that's my favorite one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you're going backwards, so you might be listening to these ones he's talking about. The first one, the very first one I heard was uh, "Blessed and the Damned" with the uh, Angels Holocaust because you had that one. And that's the greatest hits. That that that's the best of. Right. No, but that was the first one I heard, and I heard the Angels Holocaust intro, and I was like, "What? What is this?" Like, I was obsessed with that one. And then I, like I said, I thought I fucking Ripper's other stuff. I love Trout Walls of Dam fucking gets no better than that. Um, No stuff and priest to me, just as good as the Halford stuff. But for some reason, it just just didn't work here. It just did not work. Um, He recorded the follow up Crucible of Man. Another fucking flop. Or, or I'm sorry. No, yeah, he did uh, Framing Armageddon. Yeah. No, another flop, and then and then the Schiffer just fired him. Up back, Matt Barlow. Um, Matt Barlow recorded the Crucible of Men. Uh, Something Wicked to Slay Part Two comes, which is the sequel to yeah. the Framing Armageddon. Um, and that was just such such a much better album. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I really liked. That. I jammed that one right after I heard the uh, the first part, and then I had to, you know, obviously hear the second part. But then, um, then though. No, 
Matt just could not commit because of um, what he had going with with the, with the as far as the police officer. He also has his own his own band called Ashes of Ares, which is a really good. They have two albums. They just had one come out about a year ago, which is really killer, and it sounds exactly like old Iced Earth. It actually has Iced Earth members. Hmm. That's fucking um, cool. That's cool. Yeah, I want to check that something out. Something to pick up. Um, so John Schaefer eventually hired Stu Block for the band Into Eternity. And Stu Block is, sounds very familiar to Matt Barlow. He has the same range, kind of sounds the same, and it actually fucking works. Um, he's recorded three albums with them, Dystopia, Plates of Babylon, and Incorruptible. And all, uh, all three albums are, are great albums. Incorruptible is amazing. Um, the newest one. That's such a good CD with uh, Black Flag and uh, Seven Headed Whore. It's just a, it's a great album. Um, you know, so it looks like with Stu Block, he finally found somebody compatible as far as vocals. And, and as far as band members, he's had like fucking shit. He's had so many. He's had Steve DiGiorgio, Richard Christie, um, Ralph Santolo, who used to be an obituary. Um, just to name a few. Um, so he's not bound by any particular band. He'll switch when he has to, kind of like the way Chuck Schulner did to fit his needs to where he where he wants the album to go. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I think I think now they I only think he, he he's even in Tampa anymore. I think he lives in Colorado. Huh? I wonder why. Smoking oh, exactly. dope. <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got a huge store. Um, sure, he does. Civil War <laughs> Civil War store of collectibles. He's like a huge collectible guy with like civil war stuff and huh. stuff like that that's cool that's a lot of interesting stuff and he's considered he's considered like an expert on that show too. wow huh. is it a shop but, um, or is it a museum kind of thing kind of like how you're a volleyball expert living on Wildman street yeah <laughs> I just not get my fucking try not get my fucking throat cut yeah right. <laughs> your team name is the the wild man's or the wild men no, I like the wild man's better. The wild man's. <laughs> it's the wild man. At least that's not as bad as Pontiac with Man Love Street. <laughs> right. Yeah, Man Love Street. Oh, God. Yeah. Jerkers. Yeah, I used to give Meister shit that he was from and lived on Man Love Street. He used to get all mad at me. What was that where those pervs are? Yeah. Something like that. That's where I go. <laughs> well, sorry yeah, for derailing you, CK. Did you have more iced earth news? Anything to report on? I mean, that's pretty much iced earth. Um, you know, as far as far as what they are, they're traditional metal band, more or less. Hear the um, train. Yeah, that, the nine twenty. There it is. It's a little early, though. Yeah, it is. But, um, but but if you want to get an ice earth, like I said, I would start with the with the something liquid stuff. Something wicked this so, way comes. Yeah, I mean that that's that's probably the one to start with. Yeah, um, yeah my coworker got me know, back into them. And like I said, it's no put down on on the on the, on the um 
on a ripper stuff it's just somewhere just didn't work out right to me right you know now speaking of ripper ck you had an idea is that next week or is that yeah we're gonna do um we're gonna do a thing on ripper all his bands that's cool oh, okay yeah and so all, kind of a follow-up to this yeah yeah it is side projects he's had quite a few um like I said, you know, we'll get in trouble also. Damn, which to me is 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 my favorite band that he does. They're just fucking awesome. That's cool. Um, but we'll we'll dig into some Ripper stuff. That's cool. That's cool. Next week. That's awesome. Fuck now yeah. I wanted to take a minute. You know, we've been talking about our Patreon page at Six 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 Club, and those benefits, Chris, that we're offering. Man, I mean. Getting the episodes early, show notes, fucking. fucking karaoke songs as soon as I do them. Right? Fucking uh, reduced know? price on some merch. Even. Yeah. Fucking. $6.66 a month for some great content, bonus stuff, VIP access. Episode outline. Yeah. Go to patreon.com slash murder metal mayhem. And we're offering a, a, a free trial. All you got to do is email me at pete at murdermentalmayhem.com and we will start a 666 hour, which is 28 days, of Murder Mental Mayhem uh, Patreon, 666 Club. And you'll get to try it out for a month and you see if you dig it. And if you do, you can take it up. And if not, you can just... Walk away from it. No, uh, no uh, yeah, strings no attached, man. No fucking contract yeah. or nothing. Yeah, you just want to check it out. We'll let you do that for a month. So go to uh, uh, email me at Pete at MurderMentalMayhem.com, and I'll sign you up for that. So now we've got a big show coming up here, Chris. Um, yes, we do. Uh, the uh, end CK. of August. CK, you're coming, right? <laughs> yeah, we might get yeah. we might we might get him up there on stage with Jesse from Menstrual Munchies, yeah, man. Butt chugging beers. <laughs> 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 no, I don't think chugging beers would be my thing. <laughs> right, no, I'm, not sure. At all. I'm sure. I, I, I got enough fucking issues. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, he doesn't need to be hanging out with Jesse. That's that would be good. A bloodshed in the country three coming up Saturday, August thirty first in Colfax, Illinois, and uh, we are going to have Bonesaw coming in here in a couple weeks to talk about that talk shit. All about that. Um, some murder complex, maybe a little bit too. We're going to play some murder complex for sure. But what I told him we would do as we get closer here is we would play a little sample from some of the bands that are going to be playing. And uh, this week we picked we got a treachery, treachery untold. untold. Our homeboys from over yonder and the. Uh, Livingston County area. That's right, and they are—they're uh, going to be playing at the uh, Bloodshed in the Country Three show. And I found this live clip off their Facebook page, so we're going to let you guys check that out. So here you go. Fuck yeah, man. A treachery untold. Some live stuff. Those guys are pretty badass. Fuck Chris, yeah, I know they, you've seen them before. Oh, dude, yeah. They fucking, 
from uh, forest over there in the Vault, dude. Oh, forest, so we're fucking skiing country. Yeah, exactly, ski country right there, man. <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah, those guys are fucking wicked. I was watching their uh, some live stuff they had recorded, and so there's a little taste. They got a new album coming out. I saw on their Facebook page, so definitely keep your eyes open for that, and make sure you get your ass to Bloodshed in the Country Bloodshed three the country. on Saturday. August 31st. That was so, fun last yeah. year. Like la- last week, I apologize because I'm a dick because I should have known who fucking NCAG was. It's fucking our uh, boy Necro Cannibal Ass. That's right, Necro Cannibal Ass. I had too many beers at the point. I know. Well, I'm, dude, I did, it got by me too. So was, was last year was fun with the bloodshed last year. It was really fun. Oh, yeah, that was fun. So we'll, we'll be out there again. So we'll be out there talking some shit, I'm sure, on stage. Thanks. And now, CK, you said you got some national metal news to, for us, some releases. Yeah, you got New Destruction August 9th. Oh, out. nice. What's um, that called? What's that called? Can't, can't remember what it's called, what's coming out August 9th. Uh, I've heard one tune, fucking killer. Nice. Um, the yes. week after that is, is New Kill Switch Engage, um, the first on Metal Blade. Um, the week after that is the long awaited Sacred, Sacred Reich. Yeah, nice. can't wait for that. That song they have, that uh, okay. video is really good. They've been playing that on uh, XM. It's really good. Yeah, it is good. And, co- and coming up in September, the band that Pantera always wanted to be but can never be, Exhorter. Exhorter is finally coming out with, with a new album after it, almost 30 years. Yes. Wow. Yes. Um, and if nobody's heard Exhorter, that's basically who Pantera ripped off. Really? Really. Yeah. I've heard Exhorter. So, They're fucking so, badass. They're really good. Um, Phil, Phil, Phil and Selma will tell you straight out he, he ripped off Kyle from, from Exhorter hmm. um, as far as vocal style. Oh, you'll have to cover um, them to, sometime. I'm not real familiear with their story. That might be a good one. Yeah, yeah, they're out of Louisiana. They had two albums out, disbanded. Um, cult classics, fucking just awesome albums. And I'm going to throw out uh, an album, a lost classic or some, or an album that maybe nobody ever got into that I've been jamming a lot lately. And that's the um, Control Denied, Chuck Shoulders album before, oh, that fuck he yeah. right before he passed away. Yeah. Um, I just been jamming the shit out of that. That's the album where he takes his love of progressive metal, his love of Watchtower, Puts together with a band with Steve DiGiorgio, Richard Christie, Stu Ham, and um, he's just playing guitar, and they got a singer, and it's just fucking killer stuff, killer riffs, no filler. Pick it up, it's still available. It was re-released a couple of years ago, double CD. Um, won't be disappointed. That's cool, man. I like that you're doing that, a little look back at a forgotten release maybe or an album that maybe you didn't, not a lot of people no, know about. No about. Like I know for me, like every out. once in a while, I'll go on a Black Sabbath kick and I'll want to bust out one of the lesser known ones like uh, Sabotage, uh, you know, or something like that. That, you know, if you ask people what their favorite Black Sabbath album is, typically not going to mention an album like that, but I think it was fucking awesome. Uh, so that's cool that you're going to do that. I think that's neat. 
Yeah, bring back the lost classics. Maybe people forgot about. Give them a second chance. Nice. Um, a lot of these, a lot of these bands deserve it. That's cool. I was cool. just jamming uh, Puppet Master today. Yeah, he was jamming some King Diamond Puppet Master. Uh, such a good one. That's a good one, man. That's a good one. Especially with the story. Yeah, on that's, YouTube. that's one of my favorite. That, that's one of my favorites as far as the later albums. Yeah, and the story. Kinda, kinda, the story's really this, good on that one too. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of had some albums in between her that were. Yeah. Eh. His concept albums are always amazing, though. Yeah. There's not one that's bad. Yeah. I, there's been a couple that are a little iffy, but that's a strong one. I like that one myself. That's one of the better ones. Yeah, for sure. Well, CK, always good to have you on and talking some metal uh, with your own cocky uh, intro song here. Yeah. We had uh, Joe here with Lucky you to discuss married. some Iced Earth, so that was awesome. Yes. So uh, thank you, CK. and yes, uh, Thank you, brother. Love hearing we'll talking to you all the time. see you next fucking week. What do you got going on next week? It. Ripper Owens. So that should yeah, be better. Ripper Owens. I think the week after that. I think you got Cashman in after that, right? Yeah, uh, we yep. do. So you're going to be doing something special, Laz right? Laz Rocket. Laz Rocket. Yeah, uh, Laz Rocket. Yeah. That should be cool, man. <laughs> that should be cool. All right, brother. Well, hey, get back on that train. We don't want you to be late. Don't and get on freaking Chickatillo's train, though. Yeah, don't. Please sure don't. Not late for yeah. uh, no, volleyball no, practice. No, <laughs> yeah, we don't need I'll that. Talk to you guys later. Later, bro. Later. Are you looking to put a bit of gas into your life? Nothing livens up a party faster than ripping ass for a house full of guests at a dinner party. We can teach you the farts of music in our master flatulence course. It's really a gas. Our students can toot away to old school country, farts to counter to some upbeat jazz, or get down and nasty on some wet ass sax to some funky R&B. So, call us today at Mad Gasser Flatulence Academy in Matthew, Illinois, and find out what your ass has been missing all these years. And don't let another moment go by without letting your colon do the talking. We can make it happen. I'm wow. just going to say, man, that's going to itch when it dries. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to leave a mark. <laughs> so, yeah, some fucking Mad Gasser Flatulence Academy. Thanks, guys, for running that ad. Appreciate it a lot. We, we all do. like fart jokes. <laughs> and we were jamming some Iced Earth before that, some Black Flag. And uh, good to talk to CK on Skype about a little Iced Earth. Oh, Always good conversation. a good time talking with that motherfucker. Of course. Killing it. Always killing it with CK. So, anyway, uh, it was good to uh, have him on and good to jam some fucking metal. And now we're moving into mayhem. We are doing this little thing we like to call mayhem. That's right. We are going to beat the shit out of Joey and record it so you guys can oh, hear wow. it. Oh, wow. Some actual <laughs> mayhem. <laughs> actual mayhem. <laughs> I've, been, I've been waiting all week for that. <laughs> so we got a couple of good mayhem stories for you. Chris, did you want to go first? Or I you got a go? little one. We were talking the other night and it, we were discussing some shit about because we're going to FTA to less than a 
right around a month away. Yeah. And uh, we were talking some shit. Michael's like, dude, you need to tell that just for the fuck of it on the podcast. I was like, all right, fuck it. So uh, I don't remember which fucking night it was. We, well, every night we got really fucked up. So the next morning I woke up. And <laughs> no. it's, yeah, yeah. No. I imagine that. Really? But uh, and then I, woke, I got up the next morning. It's like I said, last year rained a lot of the time while we were there. So it's like raining in the morning. I'm like, get out of the town. I'm like, man, I got to fucking take goddamn shit. Well, there's three fucking Porta Johns close to where we're camping. And I'm like, all right, fucking go over there. Somebody, <laughs> and I know who it was, you asshole. Fucking, it wasn't my brother, but it was somebody I know. Decided they were going to shit all over one of the motherfuckers. Oh, so I'm like, you fucking dick. So I ain't that's using, nasty. Yeah, yeah, I ain't using that one. And then there was two <laughs> other ones. And there's people in there. And I'm like fucking clenching my ass cheeks and like god damn it what prairie the dog in it yeah, like for real dude no dude there ain't no prairie dog when you've been drinking for three days straight <laughs> there ain't no prairie dog and it's a waterfall bro <laughs> it's a fucking fudge fountain for real oh damn <laughs> Jesus Christ. like golden corral <laughs> yeah dude like fucking there ain't no prairie dog and shit <laughs> literally <laughs> fucking uh and then uh so I was like, fuck, man, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I was like, God damn it, fuck it. I got fucking trailer or uh, toilet paper in the fucking vehicle over there, whatever. Now, mind you, we drove our boy Pete's fucking Tahoe to oh, FTA. Nice. I was like, I get over there, I grab the shit tickets out of the goddamn truck. Shit yeah, it's to- shit tickets. Rip them off like a ticket. So I grabbed the shit tickets out the truck and I'm like, and I just said, fuck it. And I just leaned my back up against the side. I just shit right there on the truck tire and shit, dude. I was like, I don't give a fuck. I was like, I don't give a shit, man. I gotta fucking do this. I don't give a fuck. He doesn't give a shit, literally. (laughs) No, I gave a shit. (laughs) I didn't give a fuck, though, dude. I I had to shit like 12 people, bro. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) The whole fucking time. We were were there. That that was like the second to last day. So it's like there the whole time. Just getting rained on the whole fucking time. And we rolled out of there. It was like a cesspool sitting there by the fucking tire i'm just like well i left my mark <laughs> fuck it dude <laughs> you fertilized that Damn. Fucking yeah. that's like, fuck. fucking rough man that was the one time i gave a shit <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one well my story is uh is kind of a bizarre just random remembrance of something that was funny uh, we used to have a lot of crazy parties at my first apartment when I was 19, 20 uh, or so years old. And uh, first one of my friends before. Yeah, <laughs> my first uh, my first the first one of my friends to have his own place. So it was always parties at my place. And so uh, we used to have just random themed parties at strange times of the year like that didn't coincide with like normal quote-unquote uh parties like for example we thought it would be cool uh it was in the middle of july it was hot as fuck like it is right now it is right the fuck now exactly and uh uh, we thought it would be cool to do a halloween type party okay dress up right but it this one though was very specific you had to dress up like somebody you hated oh god damn it so that was kind of fun Okay. What if the person was there at the party too? <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, the guy that I couldn't stand was this guy I went to school with. He was a year older than me, 
and he was like the the quintessential stereotype Italian dude with like the um, the uh, muscle the shirt mu- the with the hairy chest and, shit, yeah, and, a and the fucking meat hanging out the, the top gold, of his shirt, the shit. gold chain and shit, <laughs> right? And he used to walk around the halls going like scatting, like bibbity bibbity bop bop. It was fucking. <laughs> obnoxious as fuck okay (laughs) so i came to the party with a uh a tank top on and i got a black piece of carpet (laughs) and i fucking put it on my chest like it was hair you know it was pretty funny (laughs) but the one that was just really fucked up was my roommate which of course we've talked about before the black and curly guy He came to the party with the most elaborate costume I've seen at a party, especially an impromptu, like the night before we thought of this. This motherfucker went and rented a wheelchair, okay? Uh -uh. And he came to the party as this one fucking douchebag that we went to school with, okay? Now, normally, this would not be something to joke about. Right. But this dude was such a complete fucking asshole that it, it's worthy of making fun of, okay? Just because of the dude's attitude in general. Not making fun of the fact dick. he's disabled or Not whatever. at all, Make, but he's just, a fucking asshole. Dude, is a person's a piece of shit. I will tell you, my friend used to live next door to this fucking idiot. He lived, I lived in a very wealthy, I wasn't wealthy, but I lived in a wealthy area in Bethel, Connecticut. And so there were a lot of people with money. Anyway, this kid, he lived with his dad. Just him and his dad in this really big fucking house, loaded, and uh, basically unsupervised. His dad was constantly gone, so he's like alone in a big fucking house with endless money. Is that who I think it is? I'm not sure. Don't say any names. Don't say no names. I don't think you know who this is. So, um, So anyway, he used to stand in his driveway. He would get a full mirror out. And fucking oil himself down and fucking pose and shit in his driveway. No fucking shit. And we would be at this guy's house getting fucked up and just <laughs> laughing at him because he was like such a fucking idiot. <laughs> so then he would do shit like this, but he's just a pompous, arrogant fucking asshole. Okay. So his dad goes away for the entire summer to Europe. Right. Hands him a pile of fucking money. And like two or three credit cards and just says, have a good summer. Holy fuck. And he just leaves him there for like two months, you know. So he had just turned, I think, 16. I don't remember. Maybe so. I don't know. But he just got for his birthday a brand new Corvette. God damn. He had the thing for like a month when this happened. So what does he do? His dad leaves. He's got a pile of cash, a whole bunch of credit cards. A brand new vet. Brand new vet. He gets all fucked up and races a buddy of his in a motorcycle around winding country roads in the middle of the fucking woods and shit where it's very hairpin turn, like very dangerous. Like going 30 or 40 would be dangerous. This motherfucker was going like a buck 10. God damn. When he fucking wrapped that shit around a tree. And it was supposed, I knew a buddy, a buddy of mine was an EMT, so he was there. The front and the back touched as this thing went around the tree. And this dude was totally coherent sitting in the car. But as soon as they peeled the fucking car off him, he passed out because it took his fucking legs totally off. He was just 
I know what you're talking about. Yeah, once like they, a scene that happens, shit that happens with like train couples and shit. Right, right. So God he fucking damn. lost his legs like all the way up, right? Now again, normally never want to make fun of something that's fucking awful, but this dude was such a dick that even then he was a fucking asshole. Even I in a wheelchair with no legs, he still was a cocky fucking prick. I could fucking yeah. see what you're saying. It was just ridiculous, okay? So anyway, uh, my buddy that lived next door to him had this year-end party uh, every year. And as we got older, they got more crazy. And so we had a couple of friends of ours played in some cover bands, and they were jamming. And at the time, the big ZZ Top song was Legs. Oh, my God. And this dude was sitting <laughs> on his porch while we fucking... While these dudes were jamming, and they changed the words to "He's got no legs," you know, and all this shit. It was fucked up. It was very fucked up. But like I said, the dude was such an asshole. But going back to the party, okay. So, so crazy, my buddy, crazy dude, black and curly. He gets a wheelchair. He gets a pair of old sweats and uh, tucks his legs up underneath himself. But as the sweat's like cut and like dangling a little bit and like bloodied. Right. So he's sitting in the oh, chair and it looks like so he's got no bad. legs. <laughs> and he's got the fucking muscle shirt on and shit like, like him. Dude. And all fucking flexing <laughs> and shit. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking crazy. So we're all doing this. We're fucked up beyond. Fu- I don't even know what was going on. All right. And my landlord. Okay. Now this dude, I rented an apartment from this guy. At that time, it had to have been at least two years, okay? Okay. I had never seen the guy. I mean, I dropped the check off. I dropped the check off at his office, but I never saw him at the apartment. So one day... Oh, no. This day, he decides to show up just to say hi. Oh, no. So he's knocking on the door, which was fucked up because he had to buzz in to get into the apartment building. So typically people didn't knock, you know, unless we were expecting somebody because it was a side door you could sneak in usually that was propped open. So that startles you when somebody knocks on the door and you're not expecting someone, right? So people are like hiding stuff, you know? Right. So anyway, I go to the door and I got this fucking costume on with this fucking (laughs) rug on my chest with the gold chains. (laughs) And, And... Black and Curly's right next to me with the fucking wheelchair with the shit. So I open the door and it's this dude, the fucking landlord. Hey, Pete, how's it going? And I'm just like, wow, like, How are you that, doing? what's going on? You know, and I was just in the neighborhood. He's like real serious, you know, like this. I was just in the neighborhood. I thought I'd stop by and say hi. It's been a while. And I'm like. Yeah, two well, fucking cool. years, homeboy. I said, you want to come in? And he's like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, fuck. And I, <laughs> he comes in and there's this like haze of fucking smoke. <laughs> right. And he's looking around the room and he sees like all these fucking costumes that make no real sense. You yeah, know? it's an inside thing with everybody. Right, there. Like, right. Yeah, so he's funny. like, wow, kind of early for a costume party, huh? And yeah. I was like, yeah, we just love wearing costumes. You know, like, just, I just want this guy to fucking leave. Fucking you know? weird, dude. <laughs> and he waited around a couple minutes, and everybody's just like this uncomfortable silence. You know, they stopped the music, you know? So he's just it's like... It's like when the needle scratches the record. Like, totally, <laughs> totally. Yeah. So he's like, 
well, uh, maybe I ought to get going. I'll uh, I'll see you around. And he leaves. I was like, what the fuck was that? Oh. Like, why did he show up? It was so fucking That's crazy. So, fucking nuts. so yeah, a little Halloween in July. But, dude, uh, I was waiting for you to say that the landlord was homeboy's fucking dad. Oh, <laughs> dude, because that that would have been, like, been fucked. Shit, that would have <laughs> been, been pretty epic. That would have been fucked. So yeah, that was uh, that was funny. That's fucked. Now uh, we did an interview uh, this weekend, dude. It was a good one, man. Ben Scrivens yes, uh, from Fright Rags, great guy, fucking awesome guy, great dude to talk to. Fucking, yeah, fucking really hey, cool company. They do horror merch, t-shirts, horror, and socks, not, fucking hats, trading cards, fucking, trading cards, and not just horror. They do other shit too. So they do. They do a few other awesome. things, but mainly it's horror stuff. Right. But really good shit. Very good quality. Um, the couple of shirts that I bought are amazing. Um, and, yeah, you could check them out at fright-rags.com or check them out on Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Um, and we did this really good 22-minute interview with Ben. 32. And 32. You're right. I'm sorry. I stay corrected. 32 minutes. <laughs> um, and so we're going to play the entire interview at some point uh, here, probably as bonus content. But... Right as now, always, we'll play a little piece. As always, give you all a little taste. Yeah, let you check it out. So here we go with Ben Scrivens of Fright Rags. The quality of the shirts that I've bought from your website, uh, the Amityville Horror and the Omen, um, are the best I've seen in a long time. Not just at a horror, just even the heavy metal shirts I buy all the time. They're just exceptional quality. Now, what's involved with getting the licensing to do those designs because i know that's not free and i'm sure some people don't right. get that you actually have to pay to be able to legitimately sell stuff like that that's right so you know when i first started in 2003 you know i didn't license anything i didn't know i knew that there was licensing involved i just didn't know how to go about it and i certainly didn't have the money and so, you know, I did a lot of things in license for many years. And then as time went by, I always tried to get the licenses. I mean, my first license was back in actually right after I first started, I got Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3. And those were some of my favorites. Um, but it was because the guy who owned the movie, he was like, yeah, just do it and give me some money. I'm like, OK, cool. Um, <laughs> but, you know, with something like The Omen or, you know, The Amityville Horror and all these movies, classics, even Halloween, you know, you have to go to the studios that own them. You have to, and a lot of times, it, you know, they need to know who you are, what kind of business you're doing. Um, they need money up front, so it's an advance that you have to pay, and that can range widely to, you know, to hundreds to thousands and thousands of dollars up front. And then, you know, it's the other thing. So the other thing people don't realize is, as soon as you get the license for something, it doesn't mean you can do whatever you want. You know, right. for something like. In, or even Amityville Horror is a really good example in this case. And, and um, if you've seen the shirts that we have, you can if you you can point out the fact that you don't see anybody's face in those shirts. True. You don't see uh, James Brolin's face. You don't see Margot Kidder. Uh, you don't see all these. Wait a minute, Margot Kidder. Did I just blank on that? She was in Amityville, wasn't she? I think. Maybe. Uh, I think you're right. You're all right. It's Marco. Yeah, Kidder. right. Oh my yeah. god, it was so weird. Like I had a brain fart for a second. <laughs> my anyway, wow, uh, too much sun today. Um, <laughs> but anyway, you know we can't because in many cases, again, it all depends on the studio and the film. You know, you'll get a. If, this is actually a really good example. I'll give you one: is Die Hard. We got Die Hard from Fox, and it's like awesome. And we always ask. 
what we can use, what we can't use ahead of time, especially now after so many years of doing this, you kind of you kind of know that there's going to be some limitations. We knew we couldn't use Bruce Willis, unfortunately. That just sucks. Of course. Right. But we didn't know we couldn't use the building that the Nakatomi Plaza. Really? Oh, shit. Really? So it's like, what do you do? You can't use Bruce Willis with the building. What the hell do you do? <laughs> right. Oh, Put up some Christmas trees? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it, it's these limitations, you know, that you have to, to work under. And sometimes that's good, you know, and it definitely was an eye opener when I first started getting licenses, realizing like, oh, we just can't do what we want. You have to work within strict guidelines in many cases. Sometimes they don't care. Sometimes like, oh, no, you can use whatever you want. Or sometimes we can use likenesses if we like kurt russell for big trouble in little china we got his approval on those or jamie lee curtis in halloween 2018 we got her approval so that that can be a situation but even then sometimes it's hard to do so there's definitely a lot of not only financial you know stuff that happens but also just creative limitations that happen um so you know we do our best we try to we try to come up with some cool stuff even within those those guidelines that's cool that's awesome now i was checking out your website and i like how you show your staff and everybody in the staff and put a short bio on each one and it looks like a pretty awesome small family style business and everything and you've been doing this since 2013 you said how did it evolve for you 2003 actually oh yeah 2003 i'm sorry i apologize yeah 2003 how did i how did that evolve for you from when you began to where you are now so when i started it was totally on a whim it was just something i thought i i was a graphic designer sort of by trade i got my degree in it i was working in that field at a company that was making laptop bags so i was just a designer on staff that did like the ads and the website and stuff like that it was a very small company i was the third person i was actually the second person they hired um it was the owner the office manager and myself and then we we it ended up hiring maybe two or three more people during my time there it was a great job. It was fun. But at the same time, I was like creatively sort of stifled because I was focused on one thing and I love horror movies and I, I just wanted to do something. I was just so creatively like I just wanted to do something. And at the time I was on these websites that with my fr- like friends that I would meet, like because this is before like MySpace and Facebook and all that. We were on message boards and they would be making masks or Freddy gloves or you know, Jason masks or Michael Myers masks, all fan made stuff. And I'm like, I need to do something like that. So when I came up with these ideas for shirts and presented it to one of my buddies, he was like, yeah, you should put it on my forum. He was a really big mask maker at the time. He actually went on to co-found Trick or Treat Studios. Oh, nice. um, they, they're, they're, and he's been a good friend of mine since then. Nice. And all these people loved it. So I just sort of literally over the weekend just came up with a name and i coded a website by myself and i hooked it up to paypal i mean this is before you could just plug and play i had to hand code everything and i just tossed it up there so for many years it was literally just farting around i mean i I was married at the time Uh, my wife and i had just moved into a house Uh, we hadn't had kids yet so it was sort of like i was just poking around you know and it just kind of kept going a little bit here and there. And then I was kind of getting unhappy at my job and I kind of wanted to quit and get something else that fed more of my creativity for graphic design and my passion. But I loved Fright Rags and doing what I was doing, but I wasn't paying myself. None of the money that I made went back to me. It was all going into the company. Right. And yeah. I thought if I could wake up tomorrow making the same amount of money being a graphic designer or running my own company, Fright Rags, what would I choose? Like, If money was no... 
if money wasn't the, the barrier there, if I could just wake up and magically do one or the other, what would I want to do? And I made that decision that I would love to do my own business. Of course. And from from that moment on, it just sort of narrowed a focus for me. And it wasn't like the next day I quit my job. You know, I quit my job in 2008. So it took me five years to really figure out if I could do this on my own. Um, and that was scary because I just, you know, my wife and I just had our daughter and it was like, what are we doing here? You know, I've never run a business and done this like this on my own. And then it just slowly evolved. I hired one of my best friends to help ship and I was still working out of my house at the time. And then a year later, my son was going to be born. So we decided to get an office somewhere and then I needed to hire someone to help with customer service. And then, oh, I need somebody else in the warehouse and oh, I need this. And like, it just sort of, it's happened in such a organic way. And I like that. It's been growing, but steadily, not this like hockey stick where one year we're one, you know, we're two people and the next year we're 30 people. And I never wanted that. I never cared for that. I just want to keep doing what we're doing. And uh, we have an amazing team of, you know, it's myself and six other people right now. And it's just, uh, it's great. I love it. Hell yeah, man. Ben. Yeah, Ben fucking... Good. That was like awesome. I said, amazing shit. Yeah, it is. It was uh, a piece uh, of that about seven and a half minutes, but with the whole 32-minute interview is really good. The quality turned out good as well. Yeah, I, I love the quality of yeah. it. The fucking content's really great. Yeah, Ben's a good guy, and we had a lot of fun with that interview. Now, speaking of a lot of fun, Chris, I loved your story about the shitting at FTA, and I almost told a story of my own that would be pretty comparable to that. Poop. A poop story. <laughs> but I went into the other story about Halloween in July, and I feel almost obligated to okay. tell my story. All right. Okay, like so I'm going with another story here. I'll try to keep it a little brief, a little pithy, because we're almost at two hours God already. Damn. So I was doing some work uh, my, at, a, at my day job, and uh, I had to do this inspection of a building that was going to be like renovated, like tore apart. And like you, Chris, I had a shit really bad. It was after <laughs> lunch and I had a shit so bad. And I'm like, oh my God, like I don't have a whole lot of time. Uh, and shit. I got to find somewhere to shit. And I happened to be in the kitchen and uh, of this place. Uh, and I'm looking around. The kitchen isn't where you poop. <laughs> There's a bathroom okay. off the kitchen. All right, all right. That's different. So That's I ran different. into the bathroom. <laughs> I ran into the bathroom and pulled my pants down and just blasted. I mean, it was like. <laughs> Dude, he hit everything but the toilet. Yeah. Joey had to come down there with me for work like a week later, a few days later. No, it was the day of. I was with you during the inspection because I found PlayStation controllers and stuff. I yeah I thought it was a return trip, but either way, he got to see my handiwork. He said, "Hey, come and down here, look at this." And it was everything that. but the toilet. Oh my god, dude! So that's why I that's that's fucking, the name of the place. Oh, oh yeah, my god! Yeah, dude. it was fucking brutal, man. It was so fucking Just brutal. Fucking ass it was disgusting everywhere. <laughs> Literally everything but the toilet. It was. I awful. feel sorry for whoever had to walk in there. It, it was, was so fucking horrendous. So fucked, dude. It was really bad. Uh, so anyway, fun times. Oh my god. All right. Well, we uh, we've got some killer cage match to do. Poop. 
That's right. <laughs> we got the boy fiend himself, Jesse Pomeroy. Yes, sir. Uh, versus the boy killing candy man, Dean old Coral. sweetness, Dean Coral. Sweetness, Dean Coral. <laughs> Nailing fucking yeah. ball sacks to fucking plywood. Kind of an interesting uh, matchup going on. Yeah, here, for dude. sure. This is like the tale of the take for real. <laughs> right. Now, it'll be interesting to see if Dean can keep his fucking hands off Jesse's fucking penis. No, he, he, he can't. Yeah. So I that's going to make it interesting. And they're going to be fighting to the death in the steel cage. And Chris, uh, what are the objects that they're going to be fighting with? I mean, it is a re- the folding chair. I mean, that's a staple fucking wrestling. That's like you a got- wrestling thing. Yeah, so, yeah, that's fucking- cool. And they also got a bone saw. They got a bone saw. Now, that's so interesting. Greg, they're using Greg as a weapon. I was just that's right. Say, they're using him as a weapon. <laughs> so, so, Jesse Pomeroy versus Dean Coral with a metal folding chair and a bone saw. All right. Now, we like to put the variable in there, and I've got 15 brand new yes, variables. Uh, brand new. Some of them, so, Joe, you get to pick number one I... through 15. And that will be the variable that we're going to use this week. So what do you got? 12. Number 12, <laughs> a male deer in heat with sharpened antlers. Ooh. Well, fuck. <laughs> right. So that Ooh. should be interesting. So going back to the, uh, to the cage match. So what do you guys think? So we got these two going at it with the folding chair and the bone saw. I've got okay. a pretty good idea. What you got? Yeah, what do you think? I think both of them are going to team up together, kill the deer. Oh wow! Break out of the cage and just go kill kids together. Goddamn! Wow, that's they both love kids. I guess they could use the bone saw to get through the bars. Exactly. Yeah, they fucking they can cut off the antlers because it's technically a bone. So bone saw with the antlers, uh, break out of the cage and go kill kids. I don't know. I didn't think about that. That's pretty all right. I don't know. I think uh, I don't know, man. I think Dean Coral is so fucking twisted, man. He's not going to be able to resist Jesse. I think he's going to no, try he's... to fuck with Jesse, but the fucking antler, the deer, is going to fucking sodomize him with, with the, the antlers. I think uh, that Dean's just going to jerk off freaking Jesse and the deer because it's a male. Oh. And he, he's going skiing, Casper style. Yeah. <laughs> forest, Illinois. Because the Do deer's in heat. Style. The deer's in heat. Deer's in rut. So fucking, right. he's rubbing his antlers up on the trees right. and shit. Sharpened. He's probably got it stuck. So he's stuck in a position. Right. He can't fucking move. Sure. And then fucking Dean just like starts jerking off Jesse. The folding <laughs> chair is just there for when Dean's done. He's sitting to sit back just and sit back smoke a cigarette. Enjoy his fucking what he's relished in. And right. I think, could, I think Dean kills both both of them. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, that's three totally different takes on this thing. So as always, man, you guys want to let us know what you think. Fucking post some comments on the Facebook page or Twitter and let us know what you think about it and we'll keep doing killer cage match always a fun time killer that's right so i think we've uh we've mayhem them out we had three mayhem stories tonight so stories that's right so all right let's move on to the outro the noon of august 18th 1973 five young people in a volkswagen van ran out of gas on a farm road in south texas four of them were never seen again the next morning, the one survivor, Sally Hardesty Enright, was picked up on a roadside, blood-caked and screaming murder. Sally said she had broken out of a window in hell. The girl babbled a mad tale, 
A cannibal family in an isolated farmhouse. Chainsawed fingers and bones. Her brother, her friends, hacked up for barbecue. Chairs made of human skeletons. Then she sank into catatonia. Texas lawmen mounted a month-long manhunt but could not locate the macabre farmhouse. They could find no killers and no victims. No facts, no crime. Officially, on the records, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre never happened. But during the last 13 years, over and over again, reports of bizarre, grisly chainsaw mass murders have persisted all across the state of Texas. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre has not stopped. It haunts Texas. It seems to have no end. Fuck yeah, Fucking man. Fucking macabre. Oh, Mort- no, sorry, mortician. mortician. I just heard him say the macabre farmhouse, and I just like I just like mispronouncing you macabre. You had macabre on your mind. <laughs> yeah, fuck a mortician fucking kills it all the time. Dude, dude, chainsaw dismemberment. I know that was an extended intro, right? but I thought that was just too cool. Yeah, the dialogue's fucking awesome, man. Hell yeah. Fucking, so yeah, that bumper music's obviously mortician. Yeah. It had a little fucking a treachery untold straight out of the Voth. Right. Fuck yeah. Iced Earth. Iced Earth. And of course, the band you found. Yeah, Chikatilo. Chikatilo, man. That's Fuck fucking yeah, sick. And the CK <laughs> intro music, Joe, is by who? Christ Six. Christ Six, Christ Six. yes. They're probably one of my favorite bands, I'd say. Yeah, I know you really dig them. I like them too, they Chris. You turned re- me on to them, man. It's oh, yeah, a couple references to a show I like, and I I really like that about them. Yeah, like oh, I yeah. said, they were badass last year at FTA. So yeah, so those guys are really year. good. Now, thanks to our sponsor, PsychoKillerBobbleheads.com. Uh, go get yourself one of their awesome bobbleheads or score a T-shirt. Tell them Murder Metal Mayhem sent you, and they'll get your order out right away. PsychoKillerBobbleheads.com. Also, that last-minute sponsor, Chris. The Mad Gasser. God damn it, I fucked it up again, shit. The Mad Gasser Flatulence Academy. That's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate the support, guys. Appreciate the butt support. There's That's been a right. lot of flatulence some and poop wet, tonight. Some wet-ass sacks. So. <laughs> shitty episode. So. This is a shitty episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to everybody listening out there. We really do appreciate it. We're seeing more listens in South America, which is fucking awesome. Portugal hits the top 10 countries, uh, but the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. still dominate that list. On the top 10 cities listening, Chicago still on top. Followed by Bloomington, Illinois, and Danbury, Connecticut. Uh, CK's fucking homeland over there. Uh, So, hell yeah. Uh, Others, of course, kicking ass. Like Canada. This is awesome. Um, Also, uh, Tacoma, Washington, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and more. So, we really do appreciate it. Oh, yeah. We totally appreciate that shit. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, Chris, you want to go the first comment here? Oh, yeah. Thanks for the comments in general, everybody. We love reading them up, letting you guys know. But uh, Sally the Witch, she says, uh, I can't get enough of you guys. I love the podcast, and I tell everyone I see about it. We listen at my apartment in Cedar Rapids every Thursday at midnight. Oh, hell so yeah. you just be breaking out like fucking, all right, waiting for it, waiting That's for cool, it. That's cool, man. That's awesome, man. Sally? That, I like that. That's really awesome. Hell yeah. Do some awesome. of your witch magic and help us out over here. That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> no, right. Thank you for listening. Hell yeah. Yeah. Joe, you want to read the next one? Sure. Rocky Beat Apollo commented, <laughs> nice "Those bobbleheads you guys have on the aus- on the table are awesome. I just ordered the Ramirez and Anton Lavey last night. Well, that's Fuck awesome. Yeah. 
fucking Satan That's loves awesome, you too. Man. I can't wait for them to do a Chickatella one. I, I hope they so do, man. Bad. I know. Chris, you want to read uh, the next s- one, dude? Bobby Bruiser. Is that the name of the Italian dude that, that you were uh, talking about? No. no <laughs> but Bo- close, Bobby- but not quite. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Bruiser says, uh, CK's the shit. I've listened to so many new bands from what you guys talk about. Horns High from Colorado. Nice. Hell nice. yeah. I bet you're high out there in Colorado. I'm sure he is. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Bobby, man. Keep, him bru- keep bruising them motherfuckers. Hell man. yeah. Joe, you want to read the last one? Green Bitch said, I really like the Peter Vronsky interview. When can we hear the whole thing? Well, well, as you realize, we played some more tonight. That's right. 70 minutes of yeah. that one. So now, that is a, definitely going to be in its entirety at some point soon. And obviously, we'll, we will let you know when it comes out on its entirety, but it'll yeah. be soon. Yeah. And we asked Peter a lot of questions that pertain to upcoming episodes. So it's going to be cool because we can play them as we, as we go, as they pertain to the different things we're talking about. Exactly. So. Uh, but yeah, thanks, Green Bitch, because we'll definitely get that out there when it's nice ready. Name. We'll let you know. Uh, don't forget to check out MurderMetalMayhem.com. Listen to every episode plus all the bonus content. Go to our YouTube page, Chris, Murder Metal Mayhem. On YouTube, there's video. I know people that have just started like realizing that we had a YouTube. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a lot of people. We may not have don't. a lot, but it's fucking good We've shit. got a few things on there. we got a couple yes. of episodes. we got some the, band videos, the 666 some, Club commercial. Yeah, we've got some band videos. Tour of the, uh, we got the Tour studio. of Horns High Studios, which is oh, amazing. Oh, so uh, there's some stuff on there to, worthy to check out and awesome subscribe so you know when we post new stuff. Follow us on Twitter at, at Get Your Murder On. So go to at Get Your Murder On and uh, follow us on Twitter. Also join the 666 Club. Support the podcast on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Murder Mental Mayhem. We appreciate, appreciate that support. support. And we'll be having, of course, the links to every uh, thing we're talking about in the episode description. You can go to PeteAltieri.com if you want to pick up one of my books. Don't miss next week, man. We're going to feature the Times Square Torso Killer, Richard Cottingham. And he's going to be, uh, uh, we're going to be breaking some news about him with our author, Peter Vronsky. So you don't want to miss that shit. It'd be cool to get him freaking interview with freaking Cottingham. Yeah, that would be <laughs> cool. Awesome. New Jersey fucking inmate though. I don't know, that could be tough. That'd be rough. Uh we can't let it with we can't let him go without hearing a new karaoke song. Now this one, I've been wanting to do this for a while cuz I <laughs> knew it would be ridiculous and I knew that ridiculous. this episode was going to be so dark and so gruesome with we'll the Chikatilo. It up a little bit. <laughs> ended on kind of a funny note, so I said fuck it. So enjoy it. And until next time, keep one foot in the gutter. And your fist full of your own semen and getting your wife pregnant with it.